Bismillahirrahmanirrahim wa sallallahu ala sayyidina muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Peace and love. I'm Brother Ali. This is the Traveler's Podcast. Very grateful that you're here. I'm very grateful that I'm here. Very grateful that our guest, Tone Trump, is here. This is a really special, important episode to me, as almost all of them are. We always say that the Traveler's Podcast is called that because of the fact that we're co-travelers in the journey of life. And it's really important that we share our experiences and recognize the reflections that we see in one another, because they really do a lot to inform our understanding of our own walk. And some people are so bright with how they shine and their light is very particular to our experience and they actually help light the way for others. And those are the people we're trying to talk to. So a lot of the people that are here and a lot of the people that are in my life, and I'm actually a person like this too, um, we're people that are not famous in a traditional sense. So that most people in the world don't have any clue who we are or what it is that we do. But for the section of the world who is aware of what we do, and the, the, it's usually communities that we come from, communities we speak for, communities we speak to, those niche audiences and small communities really appreciate what we do, and they support us, and it's what we represent is very important. And so a lot of the people on the podcast are like that, you know. Some of them are, you know, famous in the broader community. Cornell West was our first uh, guest on this podcast, and he's running for president. Uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar, Chuck D, is, you know, a lot of people that have been on the podcast are like that. And a lot of my friends are that way. But all, even more of us are people that within a very specific community mean a lot. And it's because of the way we've been taught and trained and poured into, and also the dedication that we've put into listening to ourselves, listening to our communities, and finding ways to give voice to the experience and the lessons that we've picked up along the way. And Tone Trump is absolutely one of those people. Tone Trump, if you are familiar with street, like the specifically underground independent part of hip hop music that is in and of and by and for the street culture. Tone Trump is one of those people. So if you followed World Star Hip Hop when that was one of the most important hip hop platforms, for better and for worse, good, bad, and ugly, World Star Hip Hop was a major voice in the hip hop landscape. And Tone Trump was one of the people that showed up on that platform a lot. If you were really familiar with that platform, you saw his, him. And he was, you know, one of, uh, associated with Young Jeezy, who is one of the street artists that really made it into the mainstream. And um, Tone's trajectory is one that's really common. He's somebody that started out in street life both in terms of, and everything that that entails and everything that that brings with it. And a lot of people are that way. You know, we talk in this podcast about the fact that African people were stolen from their land and brought to these shores. And every effort was made over the course of hundreds of years to remove any every any memory and any knowledge, outward knowledge of peoplehood. And these are amazing tribes that have, I mean, lineages that we don't really have a beginning point for. Uh, people who developed math and science and art and culture and language and spirituality 
and all of the sciences that we have known to and understood, these are the original human beings, the mother and father of the human family and of civilization itself, who have these tremendous legacies and lineages and tribes and languages. And people were stolen and brought to America and to the Americas and spread out around the world, creating a diaspora of people that have this shared experience. And then underwent centuries of the most diabolical and inhumane treatment that human beings have visited upon each other, certainly in recorded history. And then after that, what happened? So like as soon as slavery was legally done and when it was outlawed, I mean, what happened? I mean, first of all, African people, black people fought in the Civil War. I mean, the Civil War wasn't necessarily a rap. You know, it wasn't necessarily a layup. The, 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 it was a deep struggle, and something like half a million people lost their lives, and families were fighting against each other. And it wasn't until uh, black soldiers were allowed to join and fight on the behalf of the North that the, that the war was actually won. And so, as Dave Chappelle points out, says, we almost freed ourselves, and it's true. You know? And then after that, Black people immediately, former enslaved Africans, immediately built entire towns, cities, business districts, businesses of all types, uh, educational institutions, and um, press, and everything needed for life. And we're thriving, and we're being elected to public offices. And then uh, terrorism. I mean, domestic terrorism started to sprout out, sprout up, and in in form of, of the Ku Klux Klan, and these business districts were burned down, and some of them were bombed, and some of them they used eminent domain to build freeways and 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 thoroughways through them to break them up. So if you look at you know Tulsa, Oklahoma, the the race riots, white race riots that erupted, and cities were literally burned black cities and black business districts and businesses. And so all of these different avenues throughout time were cut off to the black community as a whole, as a group. And the one avenue that was left open was the underworld. Vice was drugs, sex work, um, and related kind of businesses. Those things were still left open because America and, you know, still had a demand and a desire for the things that the underworld provides, drugs and gambling and sex work and things like that. So those avenues were left open. And there's always been this big dialogue within the black community about, you know, just because those avenues are open doesn't mean that we should follow them. And there's, there's a big conversation. But a lot of great and really tremendous black leadership comes from um, that kind of intersection of street life and, and economics coming into black empowerment and spiritual betterment. So Malcolm X is just one of the many stories like that of a person who was raised in the black freedom movement, in the black struggle for, for power and liberation. His parents were followers of Marcus Garvey. His father was killed by the Ku Klux Klan. And then uh, the, the people, you know, they had a life insurance policy and they, they, they cheated them, his family, out of uh, what was rightfully theirs because they claimed that this man committed suicide. And they didn't pay out if you died of suicide. 
And so his mother said, are you telling me he bashed in his own head with a hammer and laid himself down on the, on the streetcar tracks and was cut in half? Because that's how the Ku Klux Klan actually killed him in the Midwest. And so you got these great leaders who were run out of city after city, these people who were responsible business people, who did everything right, who got life insurance, but it, it wasn't given to them. And then the family was broken up. And Malcolm went to a white school and was a brilliant person who said, I want to be an attorney. And obviously Malcolm X, Malcolm Little at that time, can be an attorney. But his teacher said, you're black, you can't be a lawyer. You should be a carpenter. Wasn't your father a carpenter? No, he was a... a a well-known, famous preacher and, and teacher and community leader. Oh, well, Jesus was a carpenter. You should just be a carpenter. So Malcolm X drops out of school. And then he gets into a life of crime. Because that gift of gab and those particular skill set works out in crime. And then you can make money and you can earn a living. And so Malcolm X ends up in prison. And then in prison, he hears the message of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And he becomes a Muslim. And then he becomes this great leader. And so this story plays out over and over and over again. You find that these gangster rappers, you know what I'm saying? Ice Cube wrote Gangsta Gangster, and Ice Cube wrote F the Police. And then Ice Cube went on in his solo work. There was a period where he was the most revolutionary black conscious rapper, one of the most powerful of them all. And you see that over and over and over again, you know, where people that come from brilliant backgrounds are relegated to street life and then make that transition into being conscious. And so the people that raised me and trained me and inspired me were people that brought together art and culture and also taught us a lot about what it meant to be men, the kind of men that we should want to grow up to be, the type of men that were, that were uh, sweet and loving and sincere and caring and nurturing and that had a full range of emotions that we processed together, that like we cried together. And we also uh, talked about the way that, that children should be nurtured and treated, the way that women should be treated. This is, this is the training that I got. And in so many aspects of life where you find the Mankind Project and the Promise Keepers and all these different areas where people are trying to really look into in different iterations. You have people like Kevin Samuels and Andrew Tate and, you know, all these different messages about what does it mean to be a man. But men looking for that and really thirsting for that and yearning for that in public, you know, we were taught and trained by the, by the mentors and the people in our community for how to do that. And I found with as much as the public narrative, especially in the 90s, was like, oh, black families aren't together and black men are deadbeats and black men don't raise their kids and all this kind of, this was the message coming from the media and from all these different places. But my experience was that these great black fathers and leaders and teachers and mentors and business people were there and present and were teaching. And some of them came from street life. Some of them were still in street life. Some of them were active hustlers and pimps that were saying like, this isn't for you. You know what I mean? Or if you're gonna be in this life, you have to have some sort of uh, code that you follow and some sort of ethics. And it's not clean, you know, it's messy. And it's not all, you know, it's, it's not all pretty and it's not all justifiable, but it's what is and it's what was. And so in this conversation, you hear me and Tone Trump talking through a lot of that. And specifically, 
those of us that came from that, that life, and I, I was never a street person. I was never in street life for a lot of reasons. One is that I look like this. Another one is that I can't see. Another one is that I did have parents. You know, we had a strained relationship and it wasn't always easy. But another one is that I'm just not set up like that. I wasn't scary to, you know what I mean? Even though I did have to learn how to fight and a lot of the fights I won and I did lose some too, you know, but this is the life that I came from. And so in the mosque, specifically in, in, in urban environments, and, and Philly is one of the hubs and the centers of this type of intersection, uh, people that were taught and trained by hip hop and by Islam, we came up like this. So Tone Trump and I share a lot, but we also share a very specific uh, experience of being connected to people that in our generation that also come from these, the, these intersections that took more to being religious speakers. And I don't know if they're necessarily scholars, but they're people who are looked at and seen as religious spokespeople and even religious leaders, and they're understood to be religious scholars. And so the, the connections that we had with some of these people really placed us and positioned us as like, we're artists that care a lot about the spiritual path. And we are dedicated Muslims and trying to be that. And then you have these, these like spiritual speakers uh, who also appreciate art and culture. And so our public kind of relationship with them helped to spread the word you know, and help to kind of bring these two kind of streams together. And both of us had experiences where we were very publicly and privately connected to people who went off track, to spiritual teachers who went off track and went off course. And had to conf and, and it turns out that there were people being hurt, manipulated, harmed by these people because of the fact that they were looked at as religious authorities. And that's a really hard position to be in as the artist that's connected with this person, that we, those things are hidden from us. Those people don't show us that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because they know that we're not down with that. You know, I, I was, uh, there, there are artists that people, that people come forward and say, this artist did this thing to me in private, you know? And um, it's like, man, if they know that you're not part of that, if they know that you don't get down like that, they hide those things from you, whether it's an artist or a religious person or whatever. People that, people that sniff cocaine, for example, they don't just do that openly. They find other people that do cocaine and they start, they start noticing them and they can tell each other. And the same way for, for people that get down like this, that harm people using their public platform, and especially for the people that are looked at as religious figures, the guard is down. You know what I'm saying? And so then we start to get wind of it. And then it's like, well, what do I do? What do I do about that? You know what I'm saying? It's a really difficult situation to be in. And so part of what you're going to hear in this conversation is me and Tone Trump really bonding and reflecting these experiences, like bonding over the experience of like, what do I do now? How am I supposed to carry this? And... I saw Tone Trump in a position where he felt like he had to speak out about this person that he had been that he had basically publicly co-signed, 
you know. And so I saw him doing something that I foresaw myself maybe having to do. It turns out that that wasn't the course that I needed to take, you know. And we're all just doing our best with like, what do I do now that I know this? You know what I'm saying? So this is a very important conversation to me, and I, I hope that it's beneficial to others. Uh, the intention here is never to, to, um, to speak ill of other people. You know what I'm saying, or or to uh, to backbite others, or to defame anybody, you know. But this is a real, genuine attempt of people who are in a very messy, lived reality. Like we are both deeply entrenched in reality. That we're not just speaking about these things as in the realm of ideas. This isn't a philosophical conversation. Me and Tone are both in the trenches, helping people. In, in our own ways, you know what I'm saying? And showing up in the front lines that we've been given. And we're doing this stuff in real time and in real life. And so you see us working together and talking this stuff out together as brothers, and it's a really beautiful thing. We're brought to you as always by the Zakat Foundation. Z-A-K-A-T is the pillar of Islam where Muslims give back. And no matter who you are, no matter where you are in life, there's something that you can share. You know what I'm saying? Like all of us, if we have $5 more than what we need to get through the day, then that's $5 that we can share with somebody. And Zakat Foundation is a global Islamic organization and charity, but they don't only help Muslims, they don't use their platform and the work they do to try to convert people. And so it's a good place to donate. Uh, everything that I've seen of them has felt really good to me, all my interactions and conversations with them. So go to Zakat, Z-A-K-A-T, Zakat US on social media or Zakat.org online. Check out the things that they do. And if you put as little as $5 down on something, you know that it's actually really going to help people who are in need. So we're very grateful to be associated with Zakat Foundation. Enjoy this episode of the Travelers Podcast. Get it. <laughs> get it, get it. So we were just talking about cool G rap. Said cool G rap. G rap. He recognized G you at the at I was, uh, I never forget it, man. We was coming up the street and I'm always on defense. You know, I'm always just militant. Yeah. We in New York, obviously, you know, you extra tie your camel. So I see a group we coming up to the building where Shade Four Five is at. We see a group of dudes, so we walking up already cautious, and I see him pointing, and I realized right away it was G-Rap and a couple other brothers I didn't know. But uh, I was telling you off air, one of my highlights in my career, if, if ever existing in this in this hip-hop genre, was G-Rap knowing who I was. That just meant so much to me, you know, coming from just a kid who played, you know, back when I was young, I couldn't afford the whole album, so I was a guy that would go get singles. Mm. I would either steal them, or they would be like a dollar or two dollars. So I would, I, I had like a crazy collection. The cassette of single or the, or the twelve inch. The cassette singles. Yeah, that was like my thing, and I would use the like the actual covers. I would like do over my books. Like we had like the trapper keepers and stuff like that, where you had the slits, and I would put like all yes. And G rap was something that like is like certain records I remember because I had a pretty strict parents, and I remember getting in trouble for Road to the Riches. And Onyx had a record, uh, Back the F Up, that I used to just be in love with. And those were two records that my mother just did not love. <laughs> so my mother would turn that off. I'm not nothing. But for me, G-Rap's genius and brilliance, even now, like to me, the true testament of greatness is 
listening to something from many, many years ago. Yeah. And it sounds like they made it last week. Yeah. And to me, out of all our legends, for what I like musically, mm-hmm. he's like the, the 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 model of like, you know, like to me, he's like the way like my generation love Hove. Mm-hmm. I love G-Rap. I love guys like G-Rap and Schooly D. There's it's others too, but Ice-T. But for me, G-Rap was rapping like as a little bad kid from West Philly. Like to me, he was the coolest. Mm. His music was the coolest, and his and, and and I still love him. He's still fire. Like he can go in the booth today and give you crazy sixteen. So much love and respect to G Rap and everybody around him too, because his team was real respectful and loving. So and then he wound up coming to Philly like a couple months later, and I got to go on stage with him and A Z, which was like everything to me. A Z's big into my development because when I was locked up as a juvenile, he was the first person I heard say a law on mm-hmm. the records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And being young and Muslim, when I was growing up, it wasn't as cool as it, as it is now. When I yeah. was little, it was like, we got teased when we happened. Like, my dad was so militant, I was wearing a kufi to Catholic school. So, I, mean, so I, was like the, I was like the kid on Sister Act with had the little dashiki right. too. That was me in real life. Like, and my dad was like, you better, you, you better keep it on too. Like, and it was like, I used to be like embarrassed to wear it. And now it's such a thing. You see me in here now with a custom thobe on. Yeah. It's something that we take so much pride in. And, and even the youth, like I love seeing, you know, 14, 15 year olds during the E just taking so much pride. We didn't do that at 15. I'm not going to lie. I, didn't, I can't remember my favorite thobe at 16, mm. but I see these kids now taking the time to get Thobes made and yeah. I love it, you know, mashallah. You got the matching J's and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, I love it, man. Yeah. Allah loves beauty and I try to tell That's people, right. you know, we gotta be, you know, may, may he protect us from arrogance and I things mean, like that. But um he loves beauty and, yeah. and we are the best of humanity. Like when I look at Philadelphia doing E, I, I was just telling you all that off camera. Yeah. Bro, I was in Malibu. I was in California, you know, by the water, eating the best food in the world. And I'm on my phone looking at the Eid in Philadelphia in a very low income area and I was dying to get on the plane to come back just to be around that Uma and that love and today I got it and it was everything I wanted. Nothing against Cali because it's a beautiful place. Yeah, I love the food, the weather, but it's nothing superior to the love of the believers and being around it, just walking out and you know, the sisters cooking the food. Like it was none of that. Like I, I, my imam sent me to this spot in LA, Masjid Mukmin, and may Allah bless this Uma because they were very nice to me. Yeah. But when we got them praying, they had Krispy Kreme donuts and orange juice. I'm from Philadelphia. I walk mm. outside. Sister Hadifa got the, uh, the the shrimp salads and you know what I mean. Yeah. The grilled chicken. Like I need that. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need uh, fried yeah. fish. There you go. And spaghetti. There you go. And bean pie. There you go. You, you yeah. know, your, your wife is African American and Boricua, so you know what it's like. That's what I am too. That's what I am too. You're yeah. Puerto Rican. Yes, I am. Oh my god. Yes, I am. So that, that, oh that's, that, that's why. That's, that's why if you see when I do the MDF custom throws. People always wonder why we we do the uh, the red, black, and green for Africa. We do the Puerto Rican flag. We do the Palestinian flag for their struggle, and Amazing. then we do the moon and the star, which is just it symbolizes Islam. Amazing. But we always put the PR flag. And my business partner is one hundred percent Puerto Rican. So, um, and we doing a lot of groundwork with uh, working with Puerto Rico, brother Muta. You know, you familiar oh, with him? Yeah. He's put half Puerto Rican too. So yeah, we we putting something together, man, for the you know for the Spanish Muslims and and, and people don't understand. We're the fastest growing religion because a lot because of Latinos. That's right. Yeah. That's who's making us the fastest growing. So yeah. bless them. Yeah, man. Amazing. It's crazy, man. Like how Puerto Rico's I mean, it's so woven through our culture. And Absolutely. Like, so woven through hip hop culture. Absolutely. On the on the East Coast, it's like they was here, like people don't understand, like it was a lot of controversy recently with that. And it's like I'm always like so defensive because I'm very geographical and you you'll, mm. you won't find somebody more proud to be black, Muslim. 
Spanish than Tone Trump. So I'm like, I'm very sensitive about those conversations. So when it was being talked about with hip hop and I was seeing people trying to, first of all, you can't separate the Puerto Ricans from the Africans. No. Nah. You know what I mean? It's, like, a, it's a white supremacist thing. mind frame yeah, set like, to do that. Right. You can't you can't you can't do that. Like we're all one. Yeah. But that's another conversation. But the thing is to see it, but when it comes to the the, the, the foundation of hip hop, you can't tell that story without the Bodiquas. You just can't. And yeah. none of the and the OGs all tell you that. So yeah. people, for people that's like in their thirties trying to rewrite this history, it's just blasphemous. Well, and then the reason that they're doing it, like I think I understand the reason why there would be this like sense of protection mm-hmm. around black art and creative. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But it's like let's make sure it's aimed at where it's meant where that protection is aimed at. That's because that's concern. that's from white cultural appropriation. Right, right. And that's from you know what I'm saying? That is that should be aimed at Elvis and that's that should right. be aimed at like the the companies that were like, okay, thank you for creating all of this b- right. brilliant, beautiful culture and art. Now we're just gonna find some whiter people that right. can because that we've you, seen it done yeah. so many. I mean, we even with hip hop, we've seen we've seen it of happen, course. but we like you said, aim it in the right place. We can't right. like don't disrespect somebody like Fat Joe, who come on, like he I, was there. I think Fat he, Joe might be the most hip hop individual. Like especially now that Bismarcky isn't with that's, us anymore. That's what made me so upset. Like, like people were trying if, to front if him. You would think of a human being in human form who's more hip hop than that dude. I might, <laughs> you know I might, I might have one. Okay, Buster. Buster. Yeah. He to me like and they like they like neck and neck because both of them. One of the beautiful things about both of them that I can say because knowing both of them, mm-hmm. they show so much love to people. Right. I've noticed that. Like oh, I've, man. I've like. But I met Buster Rhymes the first time, right? And the experience I had with Buster Rhymes, I felt so special. Did he give and you the I Farrakhan met- speech? Brother, your 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 delectable eloquence on the microphone is <laughs> <Yeah>. kingly. <Listen. laughs> the funny part is your right? royalty walking on the ground. Ah. I thought I thought I was like I thought I was like the chosen one until I met so many people who had like the same experience with Bus. Like it was like nah. yo, he, he told it. me that. I'm like, wait, wait. But it's but it's only with people that he believes in. There you go. It's just like real recognized, real. He, he caught me it, one day. I had a show. Um, mm. It was a big show too for me at the time. It was at BB King's and Funk Flex was launching in Flex We Trust, and he handpicked like the lineup. And mm. for me, being from Philly, you know, being New York's little brother, right? That's always like a thing for us, like to get that acknowledgement for, for yes. anybody to get it from NYC, obviously. But uh, at the show, I was bringing my brother Freeway out, mm-hmm. and Bus pulls me to the side, and he's like, "Oh, you know, he, he can't be calm, so he's intense." He like, "You at the point now? You don't need that." He's talking about me bringing Free out. Like he's like, "That's cheating." You got it now. You need to be da da. And when I tell you, bro, if he would have told me that night, like to just like jump in the crowd and kill somebody, like he had if me he was so like, you can walk on water. Yeah, exactly. You would have been in on. The- <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had me so turned up, and I felt like I literally left that night. Like I never forget it. I, I was I was with my artist, and I'm like, yo, that was bust. And I'm like, I'm looking at my cameraman. Did you get any of that on tape? And he got like a little bit. And I thought like I was the chosen one until I like when I every time I went to tell this story, the person I would tell him to would be like, Well, that's crazy because I met Bus. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, that's just Bus. But shout shout out to the OG and he just was honored. I felt like it was long overdue. I, he just got like a, a, a lifetime award from BET. Yeah. And guys like him. And Fat Joe too, man. Like I had a I had a real street beef one time that could have went, went really bad. Mm. And Joe intervened. Like, you can't just say you were OG. I feel like it's certain like characteristics yes. that OGs have to embody. That's right. Yeah. And he's one of the ones that like he puts his neck out for so much stuff that the world will never see. Like mm-hmm. the internet will never see. Like yeah. I'm talking about real stuff. He's yeah. a real guy. Like even when he comes here. 
lot of people come to Philadelphia, he comes to like a section where like the, the celebrities of his level would never dare go. Mm-hmm. And Joe's their comfortable family. Like he'll be out there, you know, no honorage, no nothing. And they love him and, and I love him. And I um, salute to both of them OGs. They I still they, never met Fat Joe, but that's like very it. high on my list. And, and, and he's the type of brother, like he's definitely going to know you. And he's super respective to our religion. Like he's somebody, may Allah guide him. He's somebody who mm-hmm. I can see being Muslim because yeah. he just has the characteristics and he has a lot of love and respect for Islam as well. Does a lot of business in Dubai, so he, he knows a lot of brothers. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. It's it's such a, a beautiful thing and it's like such a confirmation when the people that we grew up loving and like the reason that we love the music and the culture, mm-hmm. you know, because like they're part of our DNA, like you were talking about. Yes you know g-rap recognizing you yeah. i've had those same experiences with the particular people that i like right. i love g-rap there's a lot of people that i love their art but i don't necessarily feel connected to the person mm-hmm. and then there's other people wow. that like Deep. i feel like i already love this person right and then when i meet them every single one of them like they're all my dearest friends now that but there's something about the connection that already exists that like we know that Allah wove into us absolutely before before he before anything like was said, even that created DNA, that DNA yeah. that's a real thing that's like me telling you why I resonated with G Rap it's something there whether yes. it was in our childhood whatever yes. like he his message talked to me differently than Chuck D's or whoever else. like right. for me it was like no nah, this is my teacher yeah you know what I mean it's the same thing but like, we respect all the we teachers. respect all of it's them it's the same thing in the dean I'm saying like I'm sure we have different teachers but I respect your teachers you respect my you know what I'm saying it's the same exact yeah. thing like like on Fridays because people people here like it's very political obviously with yeah, everything yeah so like, what match did you go to and right. I'm like I'm the one guy who I was like I'm a mood guy so it's like. This Friday, I might want to hear Abdul Hafiz because he's more aggressive and street with his cookbook. Mm. Or this Friday, I may want Hassan Somali, who's pure Quran and Sunnah, so it just sounds like you're in Medina. But then mm. that next Friday, I may want to go to uh, Sister Claire Muhammad, where you know the brother is. You know what I mean? See, it's just that means vibe. a lot to me. That because that's my that's my lineage. Alhamdulillah. You know what I'm saying? When I came in, I was like, well, I read the autobiography of Malcolm X. I'm like, I want to be what Malcolm is. Right. And, but the whole time, I'm like, I don't think I'm allowed to be a Muslim. Wow. Yeah, I think I always thought you had to be black to be Muslim. Wow. So I was like, I don't. I, I, so I'll just be. I, I'll believe what they believe. I'll do what they do. Yo, and even if I can't. This is gonna sound crazy though mm. on camera. I'm gonna say this on camera because most people probably wait till after the show to ask you. You just said you thought you had to be black to be Muslim. I thought you was black this whole time. Most people do. To the point where I've been accused of lying to people. Wow. Subhanallah. Yeah. So I'm albino. I know that, my, but, I, my, but I, my parents are I thought all albinos were black. I just thought Most that. people do. Right. And also, so the people that made me understand life from the time I was five years old were all black. My elders. Clearly, because you, you got a lot of drip dripping. Oh, like, I don't see white at all. That's crazy. But what's so funny, yeah, and I'm saying, and that was like, so people will be like, wait, brother, are these white? He lied. You know what I mean? And there's wow. times where I'm like, well, should I not have called myself Brother Ali? Or should I... Well, wait, they thought you were lying because of your name? My name and there's just a lot of confusion nah, about it. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And I, even I, and I think I, it's more the ignorance on us, us not knowing that albinos could be white. Yeah. I, I think it's more that than anything because, like, yeah. we got white brothers named Ali. You know, right. Philly's different. Well, so in Philly, yeah. yeah, it's a little different. In Philly, that's <laughs> very different. Normal. Right. In yeah, Philly, right, nothing yeah, needs to be explained. Right. Nothing needs to be explained. But so, like, yo, that's the I white. Always, that's the white op. Yeah, that's the white op. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably got white op locked in my phone under some of my white op. It's probably white op yeah. one. White. Yeah, op. It's right. like it's like William yeah, yeah. X. You got William twelve X in the nation. But but, but yeah, I man. just didn't, but I learned something today, and that's one thing I love. Because any interview I do, I like to educate, enlighten, uh, entertain, and I love to learn. So 
I ain't know, man. There, there's a sister who hits me up all the time, and she's like, every time you say you're white, it's triggering for me. Stop saying that. You belong to us. That's right. This is a sister from Imam Muhammad's community, because that's the community I ended up being in. And uh, his son-in-law was my was my direct imam, and like I, I had a relationship with Imam Worthy Muhammad. So like yeah, so there's a sister from that community. That oh, you gotta you gotta visit Master the Law when you're here because oh, yeah. they, they uh that's who they they um directly you know, he started that master. So yeah, I've been there. Inshallah. Oh, you've been there. Oh Humble yeah, mashallah, I've been to Claire Muhammad and yeah, man. So the fact so like seeing you and like when we were younger, these divisions were serious. Oh yeah, like you know what I'm saying. I was just talking to Free about the fact that like. The Nation of Islam and the Five Percenters are like one now, and that wasn't like that when no, we were no, young. No, that no, was beef. It's it, it's it's still, man. It's so real, bro. I had a conversation recently, and I never talked about this publicly, but like I grew up, like my father, my uncle Kenneth, may Allah be pleased with him and may Allah preserve him. Great man, man. He's actually a, he goes to Master the Law, mm. um, and um, shout to that whole community because I love a lot of the things they're doing. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to be directly associated with somebody to 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 acknowledge their greatness and the beautiful right. things like and support them as well but um my father and my uncle started off with the nation of islam mm-hmm. like most black men of their era yeah and then uh, my uncle mashallah he went to hajj and came back kind of like malcolm kind of came back and realized some things and we like to say was guided to true islam yeah so i grew up with a lot of resentment and a lot of hate towards the nation of islam understood you know and then as i got into the streets and then being incarcerated and stuff like that, it was like a clear beef. It was just like them against us, us against them. Yeah. And I harbored a lot of hate. You know, may Allah forgive me for harboring hate towards anyone. Amen. And I had a chance to go to Africa in 2020 with Sister Nilam and her husband Marquise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You familiar with them? I don't know them, but uh, you know, you know, I actually did meet them. Yeah. I met them once, and I obviously loved them. But yeah, I two had a of the, to really two build. like. Like religiously, you know, we're supposed to like where I come from. You're supposed to not say things about nice things about certain people, but for me, like they did Dude, something to my heart, bro. Yeah, like, you man. know what I mean? Like yes. Marquise is the nation like, is like that. I'd be like, why are the nation of Islam the best Muslims? <laughs> like in terms of like practice and the heart, it's true. Like this dude Marquise, like to me, like because I was in, I was in, I was in a third world country, mm-hmm. and this was, I feel like it was my first or second time, and I'm very, I'm like, I take pride in being a man and being a Muslim, being mm-hmm. a black militant man. Mm-hmm. So I'm there with a group of people who aren't people I would ever hang with in my regular life. Love all of them, much respect to all of them. Right. They're gonna hear this, but. We would never kick it. Even in Africa, I never kicked it with him. But Marquise was different. You know, he's from South Central. So we had a lot of just like-minded stuff. And then I also felt the responsibility to help protect him and his wife because we were like the only blacks in the group. It was a lot of Arabs. Mm. But they're they're like a dab and their mannerisms and everything about them. It was like I felt like a sucker for for not liking them. And he didn't even know because I'm I'm professional. So, But I was like going back to my room, calling home like, yo, you ain't going to believe it, man. Because I knew I was familiar with Neelam from... Just the internet, but I didn't know her husband. And I'm like, yo, you know the FOI chick, man. Like they hear everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, everybody's like, what? Like, and, and it's funny because everybody yeah. back home was like, man, they got you out there with them. Stuff yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, but wait. I'm like, yo, man, they cool as shit, man. I really like them. Oh man. And 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 like even like just like I said, when if you've never been to a third world country, you can't speak on certain right. things. Like That's I'm right. out there with a fork in my sock. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big two A guy. I don't go nowhere. I'm the guy that has armed security and a gun on me. So I'm sure. that's how that's tight. But long story short, I felt like he had my back. I had his back, mm-hmm. and and I didn't even tell him this to like two years later. I was like, Yo, bro, I gotta be honest with you. Like I was like almost raised to you were like my enemy. Yeah, like I almost was trained to be more violent against him 
than I am against a white supremacist because right. I don't even see them. Right, so it's not right, like right, they're not right, like right, a direct yeah, enemy. Yeah, sir. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, so it's man. like that's not like I see a white yes. supremacist, but yeah. I will say this, like a law like did something to my heart on that trip to the point no, where sorry, like man. even to this day, like fast forward years later, like both of them are like I would kill and die about them. Like yeah. and I don't care what nobody would say. Nobody like nobody my only big homie is a law. So it's like nobody can call me and say, Yo, you can't be around them. You know, right. they can try. Right. But um they're great people, and and it's like we got to give back to just like loving people for humanity. Yes, I got caught up in the whole political, you know, like, and it's like I had to check myself. I remember look, thinking one day, and I was like, "Yo, man, I'm turning into people I always didn't like." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had to really, and and, I, and a lot of that came over me when I went to Omer the first time. I was like at the Kaaba, and I was just like crying profusely, and I was just reviewing. I remember like thinking about like I was getting mad at some of my friends for not going to Friday prayer with me, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, who am I to like be mad at them, man? Like it was years when I wasn't going. And I thought about the people who had compassion, like this one brother named Kasib, who I, who I need to bring up more in interviews. Mm. He kept inviting me, man. He kept mm. inviting me. And I never would go. Like I'd be like, all right, whatever. And then I went one Friday and I kept going and kept going and kept going and kept may Allah reward him for that. Amen. But I saw myself being like the guy who was like judging it. And I was like, yo, I gotta check myself. It wasn't that long ago I was on a block and I was doing all yeah. and one of the things I had to check myself with is that I was getting closer to my dean. I was feeling like I was getting in those circles of segregation and you know, we're we're upon this and we're the right, true right, and yeah. And you don't even realize it. And I'm looking up and I'm like, that's not what I want. You know, it's not The fun. word upon is basically a gang symbol. <laughs> you better believe. Like the second, especially in this city. Oh, like if somebody uses banging. the word upon, oh, it's gang it, you, already know, you already know what that is. Bro, I, I, and I can't believe I'm even saying this publicly because it's, it's, I love the person who called me, but I was at ICNA not too long ago. And mm. ICNA was in Baltimore, which mm. for those listening, it's an uh, Islamic convention. It's beautiful. 25,000 Muslims in the convention center. So I'm there with all types of beautiful Muslims. Mm-hmm. And bro, I took a picture with Imam Omar Suleiman. You familiar with him? Oh, yeah. So I took a picture with him and I got calls right away that weren't good, you know? Oh, like, people refuting him and he yeah. he stood with this you know what, and he was yep, part of this. Look, the fact that you even know what the call is about know, is yeah, bad. Course, I know. But you know what I said to one of the guys? I said, bro, I take pictures with killers and drug dealers and murder. Nobody calls my phone. And this is an imam. Like, yeah. would I, I mean, you know, come on. Like, I, And they I were did. like really upset. Yeah. And giving me all these stats on them and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro. Yeah. I don't, and I already know exactly what the critique is. Yeah. Like. And my thing is like, if we start doing that to everybody, who can I talk to? You know what I mean? And, and then I even said to one of the brothers who I respect a lot, Casey hears this. But I said to him, I said, is there like a list? Of people we're like allowed to be nice with because it's like who could keep up with this stuff? Yeah, but you know, may Allah guide us all because that's one of the Amen. things that I really wish would change. You know, like even when I was just in LA recently, like I had to put so much thought into it. Like I'm like, yo, where do we go to pray tomorrow? Right, right. Because you know, I'm a leader, so I can't take like my young boys who's traveling with me somewhere. And then, because I'll be honest, I've walked into messages and been like, where am I at? You know what I mean? You yeah. do have to be careful. You yeah. know, so it's like you don't want to. And like I said, being a leader, I don't want to bring some other people right. into some some madness as well. Because then you might be in a position where you have to speak ill of Muslims, right? Because if you want to if you want to just clear up any confusion, so right. hey, they did so and so, and we don't do right. that, and da 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 da. Right. So if you know and, it, and if you know you, in advance, then you don't ever have to even refute or any, any there you of that. Go. There yeah. you go. Because because you know I've been in places where it's like the people have been really nice, mm-hmm. but they can just do one thing, and I'm just like, wait, wait a minute. Is that like they can make like let's say they just start chanting something and I'm just like I'm not familiar with that right you know what I mean like, yeah. so it's like I don't got to be mean or anything but it for me it'll be like this isn't where I need to be you know yeah. what I mean so I do seek counsel sometimes and I'll 
I'll hit back home like, hey, where would you go if you was here? Right. You know, so I can kind of. But at the same time, if I'm close to something and I walk in, man, I love my brothers and sisters the same, man. I'm the lad, like, just like you, you know, we go to other communities, they they know us already. So it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not in a position, and my imam knows that. Like, he knows, like, I'm in a different position where right. like, I have to. Now, I'm not going to just stand next to anything and everything. You know, I do have limits with that. But when it comes to the Muslims, mm-hmm. when you salam me, I'm not asking you who's your teacher. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not doing the gang. Where you from? Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it. Right, you right. Me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I was like I was in Atlanta recently. And you check you checking Thobe links. Yeah, and- I'm not doing I'm not doing that, bro. I refuse. <laughs> right. And what, for what I represent, that would be hypocritical. Mm-hmm. You know, I mm-hmm. represent. Mm-hmm. You know, I was the one. Like I started my movement. You know, I couldn't wait to say this on this type of platform. My movement was started by a law. A law started this movement when I made the transition. Like I, you know, 2012, I got my first record deal. I signed with Young Jeezy. At that time, my mind frame was not on nothing Islam. I wanted to be the biggest, richest rapper in the world. I would have did anything to do it. I would have, I would have shot somebody for Jeezy. I would have dissed whoever, whatever, and I was lost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then as I grew closer to my faith, I was in a weird position. I was too street for the Muslims. Mm-hmm. And I was starting to be too Muslim for the rap in the street world. Mm-hmm. So I was like in this middle. Yeah. And instead of running from the fold of Islam and and, and and crumbling to the streets, or instead of, you know, trying to be so into Islam and losing who I am as a street guy, yeah. I just started to do my own thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it formed with my movement. But, you know, we started off as the Muslim Dines. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of criticism. People, just because the way I look, people was like, it's a gang. It's a gang. You know, I'm, I'm still shaking it. I didn't been to Mecca and everything, and the people still, are you a gang member? And it's like, no, we, we, it never was for a gang. The Don from the gate stand for Dean over negativity. Mm-hmm. It was just catchy. I knew it would catch the eye, and, and it worked. Mm-hmm. But we've now grown to the point where I didn't like what it represented as well. Mm-hmm. I, I felt it getting a gang mentality. You know, I, I, I get 50 DMs a day like, yo, big homie, what I got to do? I want to be a Muslim Don. And I was just like, it started to bother me. Mm. Um, I got a lot of attention from the authorities because I came from the dark side. So the police, when you try to start to do good, the police don't forget all the bad you did. Oh yeah. So you, you know, what I mean, it's like you know they when they pull. That's me their over, favorite. Yeah, they're not gonna say their hey, favorite man, is somebody trying now. to go straight. Trust me. That's that's some of the biggest targets. I feel like I've been tested, watched, and harassed more as I've strived to do good than I, I ever you. did. I believe I sold you. Drugs. I can't believe it. Like, I believe you. From the airport to the neighborhood to everything, like the interaction. I believe you. But but. I feel like I'm just finding my purpose and my calling and I'm falling so in love with it. And it's like, I'm not, you know, I'm, I don't have to stand before any man, mm-hmm. you know, in the day of judgment, it's going to be me and my Lord. Mm-hmm. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's not going to be any sheikhs or muftis or imams. So it's like trying to like, you know, post on Instagram and worrying about what one of them think and stuff like that. Like I remove that pressure from my life and my brand to say, mm-hmm. I'm striving every day. I have to reset my intentions every day to be the best version of me. And be mindful of what I say, post, like, do. You know, I had a sister one day. She sent me a screenshot of a of a video I liked of a of a woman that I had no business liking. But I'm on Instagram. I'm not looking, paying attention to right. people. So I'm literally like, I'm the type of person. I'm just liking everything. Yeah. But I had, she gave me a lesson. The Muslim sister said, "Yo, bro, you out of pocket? What you doing liking this?" And I'm like, "What? What is this?" I'm like, "Oh my god, like that is wrong." And then it's mm-hmm. like. The reminder benefits the believer, so there's no arrogance in her telling me that. It's like, and she reminded me, and the prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, said, "Remind with kindness." Mm. That's something else that we, you know, sometimes we get, you know, we put these stoves on and these garbs, and we start to think we're just mm-hmm. so mighty and so holy. And it's like you, like I hated 
when somebody would like correct me in a way that I felt wasn't loving. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Because when somebody tells you something loving, even if it hurts you or upsets you, you got to receive it. Yes. So it's like when I would walk into a mass jet in my younger days and somebody, hey, 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 hey pull your pants up. Like, I don't want to go back there no more. Right. But if somebody says, hey, little brother, sound like him. How you doing, man? You look good, man. Make sure you come in. You pull your pants up a little bit, man. Right. Just that just little, that little, tech. just that little, like, <laughs> hey, there's a heart in there, <laughs> yeah, right. and and there's one in here, right. and I love you, right. And I'm saying this out of love because I believe in your goodness, right. Like I believe, like I I care about you and believe in you, alhamdulillah. And that and that's kind of like what I've been trying to like mm. give off, like, and it, and it's not easy for me because I fight with my nephews, like you know, I know, like I come from a an environment that's so hardened, you know, like people from here, when we, the ones that are blessed to travel mm-hmm. don't realize how crazy it is here until we go somewhere else. I can only imagine. Bro, like when I first, I had got signed to Steve Morales when I first started years and years ago and he moved me to Miami, mm. beautiful neighborhood. And I would go outside in the morning and smoke, this is my smoking days. And these, these neighbors would always speak to me. Mm-hmm. And I never forget calling home and was like, yo man, what's up with these people out here? Like they... He like always oh, talking about good morning and all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And I never forget whoever I was talking to was like, hey, bro. like man, yeah, you thinking like, like you're setting me up for what? I swear. Like you're bro, marking me for what? Bro, I, I thought like I was just like mm-hmm. I'm like either like he's on some like LGBT stuff or he's trying to line me up. And then I had to really check myself and say, I thought he's just saying good morning because it's a good morning and he's nice and that's what people do when they're nice. Mm-hmm. And letting that go and like, you know, keeping a little bit of that because I'm in this world where hip hop is so close to the streets. Mm-hmm. You got to have your, you know, your guard up. But mm-hmm. as far as humanity, like when you move around, like I, like I was, like I said, I was just in Kenya. And when I tell you these people, it's from this tribe, this one particular tribe called the Karyo tribe, mm. the poorest people I've ever met in my life, but the most grateful, sweetest most beautiful Muslims you have ever, and, and and I don't know what Minhaj they're on. I don't know who their teacher is. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. their character, they don't even speak English, bro. And I've been dealing with these people now. I've been to Wajir five times, mashallah. And I got people who have like little girls who I've like watched grow up now. So I've seen, I met them in kindergarten now they're in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. We can't understand a word of each other, but they're my family. Mm-hmm. You know, the gratefulness and the appreciation, like, it's just mind blowing and it shows you the beauty of traveling and seeing other cultures. And for me, it's been the biggest education I've ever had in my life. I've learned more in my journeys in Africa than I learned in 12 years of school for a fact. Mm-hmm. And then even as a Muslim, like, you know, like my first time going to Africa, I came back home feeling like I wasn't even Muslim enough. Like I was just like, I'm just saying I'm Muslim, like the way they appreciate the way they're, you know, the Quran, Prophet Peace Be John said, you know, if you're grateful, I'll give you more. That's what Allah promises. Mm-hmm. We had one kid in Ethiopia where I, I had the translator say, ask him, you know, is there anything we could do for him? Little boy right away starts shaking his head, no. And then he, the translator says, he says, we, we need nothing from you. Mm-hmm. We have Allah. So, he was in an orphanage, bro. He meant it. He. Yeah. It wasn't that he said it, because people can say that. I've heard people yeah, say stuff like yeah, that in Philly. Yeah, yeah. When he said it, and he looked in my eyes. He meant it. Mm. He believed and he trusted. And I left there saying, I don't believe like that. Right. Because if I did, I wouldn't worry about the things I worry right. about or hustle how I hustle. I would just have that faith in, you know, Allah, only sub, so I got subba. No, that just sounds good. Right. He believed it. Whatever he's hearing when he recites Quran and hears, he's believing it. And I had to ask Allah, like, I admire him. I mm-hmm. came here to help him, right? Mm-hmm. No, he's helped me. Mm-hmm. Bro, he was in an orphanage that had nothing. Like, these kids, was little boys, were sleeping on pink beds. Mm. 
closed like nothing. No, they didn't know who LeBron was. They didn't know who Drake was. No Wi-Fi, no iPads, mm-hmm. and they in there reciting command. And you can just feel it. Like I can tell if somebody's like making you do it or mm-hmm. no. These kids were just. It changed my life. It's the reason I wound up growing my hair out. Mm. It's the reason for a lot of things. And um, even the last trip I went on, um, a lot of people don't know, I was just in Kenya. They were calling it a fact-finding trip because I called out an organization for basically misappropriating funds. Like, I, like you know, after the fourth time going there, I'm like, wait a minute, like, we've raised millions and I didn't see any difference. Mm. You know, like, you keep bringing us here to do all these photo ops. And mm-hmm. We're using these African babies to raise this money. And I'm like, there's, they, they, like, small stuff, like... Why don't they have new uniforms? Right. Why isn't there a new dry eraser board? Like these aren't expensive. Why aren't there new desks? And they gave me a bunch of excuses. And long story short, they reached out and said, hey, we want to take you back to Kenya to show you what we're doing. And they took me back. And I, and I promised not to speak about it till after the Eid. So I got to stick to that because I gave an oath on it. But I will say I wasn't happy with what I saw. Mm. And I can't wait to speak about not just that organization, but all the organizations because I feel like so many things have been, they've been letting everything slide. Mm-hmm. In Islam, we're, 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 we're supposed to correct people in private and all of this stuff. But a lot of times the bad guys hide behind that. That's right. Yeah. And, yes. And, you yeah. know, like my calling, one of the things my business advisor told me from the beginning, he said, you know, what you're doing is admirable. But mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest with you, Tony. He said, you won't be able to get any money in this space no more. It's basically going to be a wrap for that. Yeah. Every other organization. And I make a lot of money in that space. And mm-hmm. I had to say to him, oh, bro, well. oh, well. Like, you know, a law will replace it with something That's bigger right. and better. That's right. That's right. And, and even that, even without that being said, being black and being over there with these Arabs, mm-hmm. these white-faced Arabs, mm-hmm. and these African babies, mm-hmm. I know they're looking yes. at me a little more yes. like big That's bro, right. have yeah. our back. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So it's like for me, like, and no disrespect to my other influencers, because <laughs> some of the people are great people. Like, some of them people support me. And they understand, because like I told some of them, like, if we were in Yemen, you would feel it a little different. That's you know right. what I mean? Like, yes. if we were in Somalia, but where you're laying is, you would feel different. Like, me being from America, me going to Africa, I never felt more at home. Like, I was like, damn, this, like, I'll give you a perfect example. I've been getting harassed at the airport in America for the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. I landed in Africa, and they had gifts and a personalized letter from me. If that's not a sign I was home, like, literally, like, there it's on Trump. Thank you. And I'm like, wow. I, I just LAX yesterday yeah. got my bag to the side, going right. through it and pulling my jewelry out and all that. So it was like that's yesterday. Yeah. And I go to Kenya and they literally a bag this big with a letter, gifts, garbs. Yeah. And I was just like that was a sign to me like, yo, you home, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yes. home. Like and I claim Kenya, like, you know, I don't I never did the DNA ancestry stuff, but for me, I don't have to do it. Like like mm-hmm. I've adopted Kenya, I've do- I've adopted Wajir. And I'm I'm bracing myself for a big battle because I'm calling out an organization that makes you know hundred million dollars a year, mm-hmm. best lawyers in the world. Mm-hmm. But when you have a law on your side, you always have the advantage. Yes, you know what I mean. So yeah. I'm going into this fight feeling like Floyd Mayweather. You know what I mean? I feel like I can't be beat. And like I told people, you know, if Wajir wins at the end. Mm-hmm. I won. Like, there's nothing in it for me. Because if it was something about me, I could have just shut my mouth. They offered me a Yemen trip while I was in Kenya. Hey, you want to go to Yemen? And I knew what that was. That was the right. take this and yeah. shut up and That's right. put on our shirt. Mm-hmm. So everybody think. And I'm like, and I needed that money, Brother Ali. But mm-hmm. it was like, you know what? SubhanAllah, I can't take that. I can't in good faith. I can't get them kids' faces. Like, And one thing that stood out to me was their feet. Their little feet would be so dirty and mm-hmm. so like just like. I felt embarrassed, you know what I mean? Like, I'm out there with, like, Yeezys on, and I'm looking down at their little feet like, man, like, 
and the ground out there is so hot that the bottom of my sneaks felt like somebody had a lighter to my feet. Mm. I got on socks and Kanye West sneakers, good sneakers. These kids are out there barefooted, the feet in that dirt and sand like it's nothing. And mm. I'm out there, bro. I'm like, like playing like, like it's my feet. And you know, we raised millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that the, the premise we were out there for was for cataract surgeries. Mm. The first trip alone, we raised almost a half a million dollars for cataract surgeries. Mm. I find out on the last visit, they did in total 1,200 surgeries. The surgeries are $100 a piece. So you say, okay, that's 120 grand. So it's like, all right, where's the other three point? You know what I mean, bro? It's right. like millions yeah. of dollars. And it's yeah. like, it wouldn't even take that much to do right by these people. That's what yeah. hurts me the most. It's yeah. like, I'm, I'm, I'm from the street. So it's like, mm-hmm. you're doing some street stuff, that's none of my business. But if you make 10 million, don't give don't give them people five hundred dollars. You know right, what I mean? Like right. you're gonna steal six million. All right, right spend right. four million on the people. Right. <laughs> you know right. These like, things happen. Yeah, these things, things happen. Things come up missing. Sometimes right. the count's short. Right. And, right. I, and I mind my business, but right. don't raise ten million and keep nine eight and then right. think we're not gonna say nothing. So right. it's a battle that's gonna be a tough one. But when I say I found my purpose and my calling, yeah, I don't feel like a law raised me. In this world, this temporary world, for me to fit in, mm-hmm. everything about me has always been for me since a kid. I've always stood out, good and bad. Mm-hmm. And as I go into this space, it's like y'all never liked me anyway. Right? Y'all wasn't inviting me to nothing That's anyway. Right. That's so right. it's like yes. now to try to like threaten me with blackballing me. It's like I don't want to hang out. And I say this respectfully. I don't want to hang out with no imam. It's not my thing. Like I have my friends. So I was like, I'm not. You know, people call me, oh man. Uh, be careful because, you know, I've spoke out against some very powerful people in our community mm-hmm. and I stand on everything I said because even when I'm fighting, I'm fighting with love. Even yes, sir. That's like right. That. You yes. know what I mean? Absolutely. I'm fighting with love. So yes. it's like it's a tough position to be in for me. Yeah. But when I talk to the, the people I talk to in private who won't go on the Internet, who mm-hmm. say, brother, you know, I'm not going to post nothing, but brother, thank you. Mm-hmm. That means more to me than the the, the 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 scholar who's calling me saying, you know, according to the Sona, you should do this. And it's like, yo, man, if, and I say, I always rebuttal them and say, what if it was your daughter? Mm-hmm. What if it was your son? Right. And they stutter every time. I don't care who it is. What, 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 what? Yeah, I know. You, know you, can, you can give me any hadith you want, but when it's at your front door, right. it's different. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, Martin Luther King would tell people, turn the other cheek. But we never saw somebody slap him and him just walk away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, and from the pe- I know a lot of elders who was around that brother, and they told me they said, "Man, the media pushed that so much, but that brother wasn't no punk. You don't get to a level of leadership mm. and legacy of a Martin Luther King Jr. Mm. and be some soft guy who was just letting people just smack him and walk away. Mm. He was speaking on a mindset of forgiveness and understanding, mm. not the literal sense. Because people mm. would love to throw. It's just like when I get in my bag, people try to, like, you know, the prophet said. The prophet was the greatest man to walk the earth. You know, using him for an example on every little thing sometimes to me isn't the way because I'm far from that. So when I get mad and I get in my bag. And that's why they're the, the Sahaba. That's right. You know what I mean? That's right. Absolutely. And the prophet said that my Sahaba are like stars in the sky. If you follow any one of them, you'll be guided right. And they're so different. They're so different oh, from one another. Beautiful. And they had such different journeys and paths and walks that like, yeah, that. The Rasul Sayyidim is the one person that encompass that encompasses the best of it all. Like you, but the you Sahaba, that story what, every day, and you be like, and you're just like, my God, yeah, it's like the one that always messes me up is when uh, the son of Abu Jahl, who who's cursed in the Quran, he cursed the Prophet Sayyidim. He celebrated when his son died. He mm. starved our mother Khadijah until she died with the sanctions for the for the for the Muslims. 
Um, mm. You know, it was just like on record as being one of the worst human beings. Like as Muslims, like we don't say people are in the fire. Like we don't do that. We're not in that business. Right. We don't say who goes to hell. Like we're just right. not in that business. There are certain <laughs> there yeah. are certain principles, but right. like we don't name names, and that that one is, and yeah, this one like, is that, and we're that's, not like, this yeah, not. he's going to hell. That's a different religion. That's that, crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but Abu Jahl is spoken of in the Quran. Like there's a chapter in the Quran about this man. Mm-hmm. His son comes to the Prophet and says, "This this this has messed me up for the last like." His son comes to the Prophet Sallallahu and said, and after being vehemently, publicly an enemy of the Messenger of God, Sallallahu and he comes to him and he says, would you accept me as a Muslim? And the Prophet Sallallahu says, I always knew your father had good in him. Just like, so like not only affirming him, but also saying the thing that probably made you feel like you couldn't come to me as your father and, but your father is connected to you. Mm. I always knew your father had good in him. Mm. Mm. It's like that, that, that's Man. messing me up. That is like when we think about like the, the things that we've lived through and like the things that, that, you know what I'm saying? That like not only do the people that come to us, but also their, your entire lineage, like that has good in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, I mean, and, and that's why it's now, so I important. Give, I got to give you a story too, mm. man. And may Allah forgive me. I don't know the exact story, but it mm. was this one story. And uh, the prophet, peace must be upon him, they were saying that um, he had a neighbor mm. who would like throw trash. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And he'd throw trash and just be so disrespectful to his property. And then one day he like realized like he didn't throw the trash. It was a Jewish lady. Jewish lady. She threw trash on him every day. And cursed him when he walked by our house. And, and what was it like? A couple of days went by, and he was like, "Wait a minute, where's the lady? That's those are trash. Where's the trash?" <laughs> he went and checked to see if she like stories. Like, stories like that yeah. remind us how far. Like when, when we think we're great, we should just look at read stories like that and be like, "Yeah, we're nothing." And you that's know? why we gotta have the Sahaba. That's right. Because like we read about the Messenger of Allah, so it's just like it's unreal. Like, it's like yeah, it's, okay, yeah, that's yeah, it's like, what I, a prophet it's, does. It's like I give up. Like I can't. I can't yeah. yeah, these are good things for me to aspire to. That's right. And may Allah make us that way. I mean. If you listen to this podcast, if you enjoy it, if you benefit from it, you need to know that the main people that are supporting this thing and really making it happen are the subscribers, the caravan, the people that are really invested in the community and in the movement of this thing. Um, You know, this is a two-person operation. It's me and BK1 that really make this podcast happen every week. And it is extremely time consuming. Anybody that's done this will tell you it's a grind. And we're coming up on 80 episodes uh, in the year and some change that we've been doing this. We've only missed two weeks the entire time that we've been doing this. One was because we're starting our new partnership with BetterHelp that we'll talk about on our, in our next break probably. But um we were starting with them and we just had to make sure everything was clear with them. So we had an episode ready to go, but we had to miss a week because we were still firming up details with them. And I had already recorded 
uh, into the episode that they were sponsoring us. And then uh, we missed one other one just for some personal reasons. But we've done this every single week. And I mean, we have families, we've got lives, we've got uh, expenses. And so the amount of dedication that it takes to bring you these conversations every single week I mean, it's it's a full-time thing for two of us, and we've got families, and so there's got to be a financial part to keeping it sustainable. Um, and so that money's got to come from somewhere. And we have our sponsors, and we're really grateful for them, both of them, for, for Zakat Foundation and for BetterHelp. But what really keeps us going, and it's been this way from day one, not only in this podcast, but in us being people that offer something publicly to the conversation and culture, it's really been sponsored by the people that listen to it. Brendan was, BK was my DJ when we started out our career. Go back and listen to the two episodes with him. We talked through the whole origin story and how this all came about. But we started doing this by sneaking into a radio station where he was doing radio and promoting the things that we cared about within the culture and recording and figuring out how to make this music. And then he's the one that introduced me to Rhyme Sayers. And that's how we put the music out. And then he and I hit the road and we're just in rooms. Even if they were small audiences, we would get in that room and really pour it out and give what we had to offer every single night and connect with the people that it spoke to. It's not going to be for everybody. Not everybody's going to want to see a you know, a, a bald Muslim albino dude talking about, you know, somebody that <laughs> somebody that looks like I might have stormed the Capitol talking about white supremacy and the brilliance of black culture and Islam and spirituality and the vulnerability of going through life as an outsider and divorce and homelessness and suicide. And there's just a lot of it's not a huge audience for that. But we found the people that it spoke to because that's what's true to us. And those people got in rooms together across the country and around the world and made it possible for us to keep going and for our families to live lives of dignity and to have that freedom to do that. So once we launched this podcast, it's like that's our base and that's the reward that we want. You know what I'm saying? Once you start being rewarded for something, then that's that has a major impact on shaping the journey going forward. And we always want our reward to come from speaking from our hearts to the hearts of the people that listen to us. And the way that we ensure that is by doing the caravan. So you go to brotherali.com in the join section or brotherali.com slash join. And you join that, you get down with that, and you are automatically part of a community that asks me questions, and we do meetups and uh, virtual calls, and there's a Slack channel, and there's also a growing library of our like own private streaming services of rare and exclusive music, videos, lectures, talks, presentations, all type of stuff that is for the people that really make this thing happen. And so... If you're digging this and you want to be part of that, uh, we'll let you know that even a $5 a month subscription, like getting down with this and supporting, being part of this community, part of this movement, it really adds up the same way that, you know, we were trying to sell out First Avenue when we came back from a tour. First Avenue was 1,500 people and then it went to 2,000 people and... With this podcast, we are selling out First Avenue every month or every week, sorry. 
And so we started looking at that and like, man, if the people that really benefit from this and are part of this, if we could really open the doors for them to to really be our our base the way that they really are, then that will always keep us connected first and foremost to the people that we speak for, the people we speak to, the people we engage with. So that's really what this thing is all about. We're co-travelers in the journey of life. And the way that we support each other is by being in community. So go to brotherali.com in the join section. Get down with the caravan. One thing I've been really getting into lately is like just talking to my elders. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in, um, it's, a, it's a community in LA called Isla. Uh, oh, yeah. Imam Jahaz. Oh, here. yeah. Beautiful brother, beautiful community. Yeah. And, and this, this elderly brother pulled me to the side about two days ago. And just a little bit of time he spent with me. And one of the things I told the young boys there, I'm like, yo, man, take advantage of that. Because mm-hmm. when he dies, that's gone. That's right. That's and there's gone. no replacement. There's no replacement for that. Yeah. And, and and that's one thing that at, at their age, I didn't do a good job of because mm-hmm. I was I was a gangster. So I felt like, man, you can't tell me nothing. Right. And now I find myself being addicted and getting high off talking to the elders. Right. My uncle, my I went to go see my uncle the other day and he was just telling me different stories and Different people who I see all my life and never mm. thought that much of them. And he tells me stories about the things they did for this dean mm-hmm. that make it yeah. where I can walk around with this right. stove on. That's right. Yeah. This, you yes. Know? So yes. it's like yes. not appreciating them is like I want to be a part of bring, making that cool. You know, I've done a lot of things. You know, people give me credit for, you know, you made those cool. You made this cool. I want to make love, honoring and respecting and enjoying our elders and sitting under them. Like that got to be a thing again because... With you know all these answers we're looking for for all these problems, a lot of those solutions is sitting inside that sixty-eight year old black yes. man that's in the second row that sits in a chair. Yeah, don't talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to yeah. just kick it with him and just you know what I mean? Like and yeah, just, and he's surprised. not a scholar. He's not. He he's might. Not. He might. <laughs> I got a brother, a sister, Claire Muhammad. He did thirty-eight years in prison, bro, uh, and he's mm. the nicest guy mm-hmm. in that mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking yes. about literally. Like yeah. he's the nicest human being. He's yeah. nicer than the imam. The sit like this brother. Literally, I watch him. Mm-hmm. Anybody that walks up, you, you you think he knows everybody. He don't even know none of these people. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and his brother's like, you know, he always hit me for money. But that's another story. But <laughs> he's a great old head. But I'm just saying, like, his a dab and just the way you know walking and people. Because it's a shame. I get so many DMs. Hey, brother, I'll be in Philly on this date. Uh, can you send me to a mass gym? And I'm always like, oh gosh, especially with new people. It's kind of like I want to go somewhere where people are going to be nice yeah. and welcoming. And it's hard here, I'll be honest. It's hard it's, everywhere. It is. Bro. It's hard. Like, it's hard you everywhere. You know, what have been going nowhere and people are just not nice and stuff. But this brother in particular, and like I said, you can't judge people. He did 38 years in prison. Mm. Don't know why, but that's a lot of time. So obviously it was something serious. But I mean, that's the that's most genuine great brother. Yeah, right. yeah. SubhanAllah. And I mean, we talk about like leadership. You are that. You are a leader. And the, the, the main thing that makes a person a leader is that they're in touch with what their unique and specific calling is, mm. what their unique specific message is, Wow! and that they honor that. And a person can't be a leader by worrying about what other people say about At them. At all. At all. Because, I got that part down. Because <laughs> your, your position is yours. Like Allah doesn't right. repeat himself in creating. Mm. Allah doesn't need to. Doesn't like we to. make the same song 10 times. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's a little different, but we know we're, we know I've already made this song sometimes. We know where we got it from. Yeah, right, like right, I've, right, I've, right. I've run this play before. Yes, right. But a lot doesn't do that. So like when when people are are that much listening to what's going on inside them, 
you know, and um, in so many ways, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But I remember one time Isla did a, uh, we did a thing for, for Eid, uh, for, uh, I think it was for the last nights of Ramadan. Mm-hmm. Omar Reagan put it together. And it was a bunch of Muslim, yeah, yeah, I love that. That was so much, man. Shout out to O. People get it twisted because of how hilarious he is and how jovial and happy he is, but he's deep. Oh man, he's he's the son of Imam um, Imam Lukman. Lukman, yeah. You don't come from that. You don't come. May Allah be pleased with him. You don't come from that bloodline. Yeah, people don't know Imam Lukman was murdered by the police. Yes, he was unjustly, unjustly and framed and set up because of, you know, that's one of the concerns my family has every day. A lot of the men that I really learned from, like that I call my teachers, that I didn't sit under them in real life, but mm-hmm. I study their life, I study their way, I study, you know, I always, everything I do, yeah. I think and I say to myself, what would Malcolm do? What would right. Imam Jamil do? What yeah. would, free Imam Jamil, by the way, what would Amen. Imam Lukman yes. do? You know, yeah. what would Hassan Samad, like all these different men that I revere, I try to think, you know, and, and I add my own twist to it because mm-hmm. I'm nowhere near where they are and I don't aspire to be. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with my lane. So we you did. What a, I mean? We did that. The the joint. I don't know if you remember, but they had all of these like Muslim poets and rappers, and you know what I'm saying, do like a virtual thing. It was during the pandemic. Yeah, I and did, during I that time, it was a lot of like in that community and even in that space, it was a lot of conscious coffee shop kind of you know what I'm saying, like presentations. Yeah. And you came on there and started to say your thing, and you put the heater down on the table. I put the gun down. Yeah, and then you spit what you spit. Right. And I saw in the comments, people were just like, Astaghfirullah. I saw it too. But that's extremely important. No. That's extremely important. No. First of all, because never mind the fact that some people don't have somebody to tell them that in the Maliki school, for example, uh, it's it's wajib to have a weapon, no. to bring a weapon with you. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. And, and uh, you know, so however people feel about what weapons or whatever, right. you know what I'm saying? That, that there is... Uh, that's that is part of our religion, and 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 the stigma of it, like um, you know, we just seen recently um in the NBA mm. for those listening, I don't know what that is. It's the professional basketball league. A young black uh, multi millionaire named Ja Morant mm. came under mm. a lot of scrutiny for doing a video flashing a gun. Yeah, and do I agree with him flashing a gun? I don't know. I, I don't care enough about that situation the nba is not my field mm. i don't you know like you said i know who i'm i know who follows me right and i'm focused on them right so like i don't really get into like the trending topics but what I, what bothers me about that situation mm-hmm. is the stigma of mm-hmm. a firearm and a mm-hmm. black man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i ask people if a hockey player named blair what i don't know no hockey player but if blair sikinski in, in, in did the, woods. the same video yes you know, out there slaughtering oh. animals under yeah. the law. <laughs> right. <laughs> was like, Nobody he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's practicing his second his exactly. amendment rights and exactly. he's a, a hunter and he's a, it, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And for me, and, uh-huh. and, and with everything that's going on, I'll give you a perfect example. In the mm-hmm. last three weeks in Philadelphia, we've had a highway collapse. Mm-hmm. We've had water advisory saying don't drink the water. Yes. We had the air. Don't breathe the air. Don't breathe the air. Right. And you telling people to not have guns, and 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 the <laughs> thing is, like, in that this? space, and and I mean that was an urban black Muslim space. That's right. And still, the, that particular reaction. But the reality is that people act like we forgot, right? Like who Allah gave His religion to, right? These were people who they made the like the Nation of Islam said we don't like carry you said about weapons, the Sahabas, like right. 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 But like, who did Allah give his religion to first? Like the people that introduced Islam into the were street mm-hmm. brothers That's right. who always have to navigate I safety. People, I tell people all the time, the realists, I, I tell people all the yeah. time, our beautiful prophet 
in his day. Like I, people kill me. Like it's like the people who do all the criticizing. Mm-hmm. It's like the way you teaching and carrying it. Do you think you would have even been around those men? It's like when I see certain people post Malcolm. I'm like, Malcolm wouldn't even have liked you, man. Right. Like you soft. You don't even stand for nothing. So it's like it's like I'd be sensitive about that kind of stuff. Yeah. I know I'm rough around the edges, but as I'm learning, as I'm going, the people like, you know, I had a situation where I had called out this brother for something and a lot of brothers were reaching out to me and I was disappointed in a lot of brothers because they, you know, their whole thing was, you know, the sooner is to the reprimand in private. That's not always true. That's not always true. But the problem I had with it was. That's the ideal when, when you can ideal. do that. Well, let, let me speak on that because I've never spoke on this publicly for one I tried to deal with it privately for two right, years. Right. That's what people don't Can know. Can I give a little context? Because this is one of the things I want to talk to you Let's about. Let's talk about Because I reached out to you because I was in a similar situation. Let's talk about where it. Where I, so, um, yeah, so basically we have these people in our community um, who, some of them study traditionally and that's all they do. And when you study traditionally and you actually go through those curriculums, mm-hmm. you sit with a, a community of students and scholars that make sure that as you're learning and as you're going through that curriculum, you're actually practicing what you're learning. Mm. And that's how you advance in those circles. Mm-hmm. So when somebody traditionally studies knowledge, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's part of what they go through. Correct. But then we have other people who have some sort of charisma. Some of them are entertainers. Some of them are poets and rappers and things like that. Or they just, they got the gift of gab. They maybe could have been, and and they got like the social media influencer type of thing going on. They look good. They dress and they're dealing with people who don't know better. So they learn just enough. They they never go through the actual process of what they call tarbia, which is like, as you're learning, you're also being shaped like in your character and in your, and like, they're not going to teach you more until you start practicing what you they've already taught and you, you and you haven't properly learned exactly you sit under the people you're speaking that's about. right that's you right you can buy any book i know yes. dudes in prison who can sound like and, shakes and, and sometimes people do um spiritual tourism where you go to a center of learning and you kick it there and you you buy the clothes that they wear and you start learning some of the terms and, and you, you start hang out with, with one of the teachers you yeah. hang out with yeah. teachers yeah. you take pictures of them yeah. that's my man and for people who don't know any better we start thinking that you've gone through that process of being shaped by that mm-hmm. and then the people come back around and because so so they do have the social media influencer drip but they don't have the, the, the actual, internal, like, yeah, the internalized. The that you spoke about. And that's the right. best I've ever heard it put. And you so, sound like you're talking about the person I was d- dealing with. I am, but I'm also talking like about person. a person that, because I, <laughs> I was in a very similar situation to you. Which you shared you. with me before, yes. Yeah, and where I was with somebody that I was like, this guy's got the best of both worlds because I didn't know better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And also they know exactly, they know exactly us. They know our insecurities with mm-hmm. our dean and they know how to like make us feel better about mm-hmm. what we're doing. They know also that that we desire to be people of of Allah. Yes, they des- they know that we desire certain things, yes, and they know how to tell us things. They know how to teach us little trinkets that they've picked <laughs> up along the way to make us feel like, man, this is the guy. I and can tell you went through this because you saying stuff that's resonating with me more and, than and, and anybody can, else. And you I can ever and you can eat and sleep with them, and they can recite the Quran, and they can lead you, and they can do, and and beautifully, you know, all of this stuff. And then something happens where like your biggest fear, because there's something inside you that's like, what if this is not real, though? 
there's a little thing inside you and then you feel like a hypocrite for thinking that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying where you're you think like something wrong with you yeah you're just yeah. like man that's, that's my that's through. my own nasty that's what talking. i went through yep and you start feeling like man and then you go on the record with this person and you feel like they're co-signing you but you're actually co-signing them man you sound because, like you because because the people because the people and so <laughs> and then something happens where Allah shows it to you in a way that you can't unsee it it's like uh-huh. there is another side of this person i'm not saying that their good isn't true but there's another side of this thing and they're bro you giving me chills the they're, way you're they're, they're, they're using this is the, exactly what i went through they're like, you, to the t they're using their good reputation to harm people in private. Yes. Yes. And then you try to talk to them about it and they hit you with that spiritual mumbo jumbo, man. Spiritual mumbo jumbo. They start they they start hitting you with all of the suddenly there's way more Arabic. The, there's all kind of Arabic that we time. don't know. Yeah, yep. The there's shit. all kind of stuff about well and 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 then along the way they give you little things of like, well I'm not perfect. You know what I'm saying? And they Allah, need, for, Allah need, forgive us all. Right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they give you little things along the way and you start piecing it together and you start weaving it together. And then maybe somebody in your life at some point didn't trust them. And you were like, no, chill. You know what I'm saying? You just don't see what I see. But they were right the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. And then, and then you go to the institutions that they work with and you make it known just privately. Hey, this person's harming people. We need to we need to like try to help like make these people whole. Which that I did. Which I did. I know you did. Yeah, brother. Nobody knows about I that. I know you I did. did it for a fact. I know you did that. Yes, sir. So the the person that I knew like that, they ended up being out the game. Mm-hmm. They're they're not they're not in the picture anymore. I'm glad. You know what I'm saying? So may Allah protect the Uma from but I anyone was, like that. So when I saw you, <laughs> brother, when I saw you making that post and mm. I saw you speaking, I was seeing myself. Mm. I was like in a in a, in a in another reality. Had this person not been out the game, I that would have been me making that post. Mm. And I had so much respect and honor and you, love for you wow. because I tried to envision how I would do it. I could not have envisioned it any better than you did in that moment. And so, like, I already uh, we were together with the with the with the Abdullah brothers and yeah, and, brothers. and uh, Dr. Jackson and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, we've brothers. been around each other, and I've been on stuff. And when you put the gun down, I was like, that's a part of our community that's very important. Oh so for you doing that, I like I understood what that right, was. Right. You know what I'm saying. So I've always admired you. I've always you know what I'm saying. And, like, and, and let me just say, let me but when I saw that, I'm like, man, I love this guy. Because I saw myself, and I saw you. I saw you do that in a way that I don't know if I would have been capable of doing it the way that you did. Wow. And I'm saying that's real leadership. I'm glad. Like that's real leadership. I'm glad. Because there's nobody that showed you how to do that. Wow. There's no one that shows you how to do that. We wow. don't know how to do that. That's not call out cancel culture. When you were like, I did not want to do this. Right. I like I felt you so right. sincerely like there's nobody to show you how to. But it's, it's like I don't want to speak on this, but this person is using the good reputation that they have to hurt real, innocent, pure people. Beautiful. people. They can only hurt pure people that just want to believe in the good of what they're presenting. That, that, that's the only people they can hurt. You know what I'm saying? And the thing that they speak to in us is our desire to be good. Like, if we didn't want to be good so bad, 
like it wouldn't have worked and like even like i never spoke my thing publicly but even within there's this kind of thing about third space islam mm -hmm. that they've helped to bring forward mm -hmm. that like what's well, not a masjid and it's not a so-and-so and i'm like okay even within this movement we all know this thing happened and there were people who were upset with me even for raising it privately within those circles that are like you're gonna mess this industry up Mm. so that there can't be social media influencer imams anymore and there are people who that's their career trajectory right. and they hate you for they hate you for messing the bag up for that's them. what i'm going through right now and let me tell you something i want to speak on this publicly and i'm, I'm this is the first time i spoke about it because a lot of interviews i do are different they don't get yeah, on yeah. but wallahi when you asked me to do your podcast the first thing i thought about because of our private conversations is it's going to give me a chance to speak publicly nah, nah, about nah, nah. this and one thing I want to say to every brother that called me, and I argued with a lot of brothers about this, mm -hmm. like because I was very defensive. So when mm -hmm. people were calling me, like kind of like, yo, bro, try to chastise, yeah. And, and, and honestly, may Allah forgive me, and may Allah may, may Allah forgive me, them, and whoever else. But a lot of those brothers were calling me because they were scared about what's going to come out of that's about right. them. That's right. That's right. That's right. And a lot of prominent brothers. That's right. Let me tell you something, bro. Because you opened that door. That, I opened that I'm, door. It's like in my body so much right now. Like, I'm really trying to keep it together. Like, a lot of brothers who people, like, who I even looked at. Because let me tell you something. The brother who I, people say exposed. I've been in the rap game a long time. Mm -hmm. And as a street rapper, I've had a lot of beefs where I've, I've exposed, I've, I've humiliated people on camera. Mm -hmm. May Allah forgive me for that. Mm -hmm. Things that I'm embarrassed about now. But in mm -hmm. that culture, that was part of the game. Yeah. And um, the brother who, who I, quote, unquote, exposed, who's a Muslim. Before people gotta understand, this wasn't my enemy. No, this was my little brother who yeah. I love, who yeah. I protected. I, I had a text message where he I said, "I witnessed Bro, that that right. time we were together. I saw y'all together exactly, and I saw how he was looking for your approval. Yeah. And yeah, he flew there with me. Like you know what mm. I mean. So and even you know, even in that time, he shared something with me. He said, "Man, he said when I was little, I used to be scared of you and your friends. Man, I said, "Bro, we was protecting y'all though. Like we yeah. always had knowledge of like you know. He's always he was raising a message, so he was always like the little." guy that was going to end up being like the E-man. Right, so right, I right. was like, when I would see him, it'd be like, hey, yo, chill. They cool. Like, let him, uh -huh. come on. You, you know what I'm saying? So right, right, right. fast forward up into that time. And what people don't know is he personally affected me. Like he, he, many victims. And I, and I wanted to, first of all, send salams and love to every female I spoke to and still speak to mm -hmm. about this situation. Because this is a real problem in our community. You know, the women do not feel safe they do not feel loved. They do not feel respected. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we as men have to really yes, sir. address. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, the fact that Tone Trump, a gangster rapper from West Philly, was the one to expose the predatory behavior of Yusuf Kroma is sad because a lot of these so-called Islamic leaders been knew about his stuff. Mm. Because one thing for sure, two things for certain. People said a lot of stuff about how I did it, but nobody called me a liar. Not one person said... No, nah, that's not true. Everybody was like, "Man, I kind of thought something or this happened." And I was, you know, you know what I thought? So why did I have to be That's right. You know, that's and then, right, and, then a, and then a sister that's gave right, me man. some good. She said uh -huh. to me, she said, "Brother, cuz the law chose you." That's it. And and bro, like I'm almost like I'm fighting back my emotions now because Maybe people don't know nothing, man. a couple years ago, like I would have killed Yusuf for that, bro. Like I would have shot him in his I face. That. I know that. But the point I'm at now, I can't do that kind of stuff. So for me, like even some of the sisters I talked to like, I'm I'm from a culture where we don't go to the police. That's right. So we got to police ourselves. So yeah. I spoke to, bro, these weren't just regular girls. Mm -hmm. With all due respect, these were believing women. Yeah. These were beautiful, yeah. brilliant. Like, yeah. dude got a type. These mm -hmm. were all beautiful. You know, a lot of them were born Muslims. You know, mm -hmm. long, beautiful Muslim names. 
I spoke to one mother who I tell people this story. She said my daughter was on the floor for seven years. Seven years. This girl was going to school to be a law student, uh-huh. a virgin, uh-huh. who thought she was marrying a student of Elm. Yeah. And, and then she, you know, she ends up in her situation and is like, yo, and then you know, one of the sisters said to me, she killed me with this bro with life. I said, she said, and you wrote a book with him, brother. And I said, sister, I didn't know. And you know what she said, bro? And it was the realest shit somebody said to me in this whole situation. She said, you should have known. And she's right. She said, you should have known. And after I was getting more information, I was ignorant because all the signs were there. I didn't know how bad it was, but it was like something wasn't right about this brother Hmm. for a long time. And I was blinded by the things you spoke of. But I, the I, conversation, because you know, the dude is a poet, so he's literally gifted oh yeah, with his oh, words. Oh, yeah. So it's like I was coming at him in private, and he would almost make me feel crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know like what I tripping, feel, though? Bro? One of the things I had to acknowledge is that I was one of the victims. Mm, I never thought about that, but that's. I was tricked. I was swindled. Yeah. I did the, 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 the man version of marrying this person. Wow. So did I. Like Pause. one of one of one of the things Definitely that did. one of the things that one of the somebody that knew this person was like, hey, you should just know this person is a master of non-sexually seducing men and making mm. people these people but and Imam Ghazali, who I know I'm from a street I, I, I my teachers are from a stream of Islam, that's Imam Ghazali. Your teachers are from a stream of Islam, that's Ibn Taymiyyah. Mm-hmm. Allah have mercy on them both. You I know mean, what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, I mean. But Imam Ghazali wrote this thing where he said, he wrote a whole thing about about religious liars and he said this is 500 years ago 700 years ago Mm -hmm. he wrote people that are greedy for material things they want to collect them and pile them up because they just want to be greedy he said and they know they know so like they know what things to collect they know what sneakers to get they know which land to buy they know what kind of airplane to buy they buy the things that are the most valuable. He said the worst of all greedy people are people that collect people's hearts. Mm. And he That's said, real, and those bro. people know which kind of hearts to collect and they go after them and they go after people who have a, a underneath it all, a desire to be pious. Like they have a desire to be. They to, prey on. They prey on. They prey on people bro, that want to be good, so and they real, wouldn't bro. choose us if we didn't desire good. That's so real, bro. And so they know. Well, what is a what is a what is a, a an aspiring sincere person? Because you because you got nefsal amara nefs amara the 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 soul that just commands whatever I want. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The mm-hmm. former president grab him by the what's the name? Mm-hmm. I just whatever I want, I do. I do. And then at the end, you have. The soul that's that's pleased and pleasing, pleased to pleasing to Allah and pleased with whatever Allah does. In between that, you got nafs aliwama, which is like the self-accusing soul. Mm-hmm. So in between being a jerk and being beautiful, is Something. a whole lot of like yeah. checking self. Yeah. That's how a person gets sincere. That's right. So like while we're on that road, we're always we always are are weaving in between hope and fear. And like, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so we question ourselves and we also feel bad about the things we've mi- neglected to do or the bad things we did. And so a person like that, that's like looking for like, who do I want on my team? Mm. They're looking at this guy like, okay, he's beautiful. He's sincere. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And he also got tattoos and he also got his his rap beefs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so 
oh man, if I can, if I can use the, if I can use that to get in close to him, then I can use that sincerity and then I can possess his heart. Bro, like you saying this is crazy to me. Like I'm literally going through that right now. And and like the way you were in it, like I'm learning. Cause like, even what you were saying about like the, uh, romanticizing like no homo pause like a man trying to like marry a man like the way like people do that i've been guilty of that like growing up like like when i think about like my womanizing days like when i didn't have no money but i knew how to like right you, you know, know what i mean finesse, like, finesse, finesse, finesse yeah, so it's like yeah. so it's like you know when i think about that and when i think about how that particular brother played me yeah it embarrasses me man like you know what i mean like when i was talking to these victims i'm just like Yo, like I felt guilty that I didn't like grab him by the throat, and slam him on his face like, the most, for the world to the see. The most you know embarrassing I mean? thing to me, the person that I was had this experience with, my wife said to me at one point while this was all going on, she was like, "I will never hold the place in in my husband's heart that this other man does." I felt so embarrassed, man. Bro. I'm still, I like, I carry embarrassment about Bro. that. But the, but then, I just, but I have to go back to like these people are master manipulators. It's what they do. We got finessed, but but they don't finesse people who aren't sincere. They can't. You're making me feel a little bit better with that one because when you say that, that's cause, real. Because one of the because the people that are, are telling you are telling us don't speak on them. They're not. They didn't get finessed because they're that. Yeah, and let me just say this before I forget. Because this is going to be a very important piece to every woman who was a victim of the person who I'm and I'm and I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm frank I'm speaking on Yusuf Chrome the person I exposed to every sister who I spoke to and the ones I didn't speak to I believe everything you told me yes I will support yeah. you because a lot of it's been a lot of confusion because people think I'm not talking about it every day because that's not what my platform is for right but I am a thousand percent in support of you sisters. I am currently working with the Face Group, which is a woman's organization who's doing an official investigation on him. I played a big part in him being removed from his position in yes, San Antonio. Did. Yes, you did. And I will continue. I will stay on his neck and not just him. I hear y'all loud and clear. I'm not the police. So the other people y'all telling me about, no, I can't just throw them on my Instagram right. Islamically and just right. professing that's not the way to do it. But that don't mean I'm not on those guys' hills too and I don't have y'all back. I believe, you know, they say, you know, some women be lying, not the ones I'm talking to. I've, yes. These women aren't lying. Yes. These women yes. aren't lying. Yes. And to be, and this is another thing I want on the record. He admitted everything to me. Mm. He admitted. He never denied anything. He admitted everything to me. I have proof of that as well. And all of this stuff is going to come out. But I first reacted off emotions. Mm. And um, the first live I did, I was like threatening them and stuff like that. See, and I didn't see that one. You didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, that, that I saw one was the, I, terrible. I saw, saw round two. I saw, you, you saw round two after. <laughs> I didn't see. The, I didn't hear the demo tape. The, I heard the studio. Yeah, over. <laughs> the demo was terrible. Like, hey man, I, it, and, and it, I ain't even mad it, at and you. And for honestly, that one, it's bro. an audience for that too, and the people who word, know Tone Trump word, know that's word, me. Word. Yeah, you got. Um, you got just give them that raw, uncut off the dome. I sometimes. do, but I want to credit Sister Naja, this beautiful sister in New York. She had me up, and she said, "Bro." I get it. You're emotional. She said, but stick to the facts. Where? You know, she gave me some real good information. That's crazy. And let me tell you something that's even crazier. uh, uh. She, let me tell you how she came into my life. She was that brother's assistant slash P. She basically created Mm -hmm. what he does, like on the internet. Like she was the one that helped 
you know, it's always the woman yes. helping polishing yeah. it, mashallah. Yes. Yes. So she was the brains for real, for real behind what when, he does. When I found out the other side of the person I dealt with, the it was the person who had helped build the mystique of that person that came and told me that that made see, it all make sense to see. me and was like hey you're not crazy this is the pattern yep that's who it was see so that's so a common wrong. thing so and the sister she was just like yo brother she's like this and that, that and tell me and let me tell you something to people listening i spoke to over 30 victims mm. uh from philadelphia to london to kenya where we were doing mission work you you have to be so sick to even get sexually aroused in a third world country, with all mm. due respect, just to even like I don't care. Like I, as a child, I had a huge crush on Tyra Banks. If I'm in a third world country, I'm not looking at Tyra Banks. And, Damn, she looked good. It's just the conditions and mm. seeing what the people are going mm. through. Your mind shouldn't be on anything sexual. Like I wonder if I could get me some of that. Yeah, like it's just like it's, like when I'm in yeah. Medina, I'm not you, I'm not looking at girls the way I look <laughs> at them in Harlem. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you. Yeah. You should come like it should be something about your your, your right. aura that should just be like nah this ain't it you know what yeah, I mean it's like yeah, yeah. I, I never forget I was walking in Medina and I I, I had to spit mm. and in Philly I would have just spit and I remember walking to my hotel and I went and I and I court the spit like oh, I can't just revering oh, respecting sorry. where I was at oh, so I just oh, feel sorry. like on a, when yeah, you're doing yeah, yeah, mission yeah. work to be Imam Malik wouldn't wear shoes in Medina. Because he's like, I want to touch this. You see? I, I might touch a grain of sand that the messenger will allow to touch. Now I'm mad I wore shoes in Medina. I can't wear shoes. I'll go, <laughs> inshallah, I'll go back in no, November. No, I'm no, not wearing no, no, no Medina shoes. Medina Geezies. <laughs> no shoes in Medina. <laughs> I love Medina. Medina's my favorite place my in the God, world. God, man. I love Mecca too, but nothing like Medina. nothing like Medina. Bro, bro, when I first got off that bus, we changing the subject because we got so much in common. That's right. When I first got off that bus, the first thing i never forget is the air. The smell and taste. You know, we from the America where every we didn't know that it was actual. We never knew what it meant when people would say clean air, fresh air. Mm-hmm. When I got off that bus, bro, and I said, "You can taste it. You gotta go there to know what I'm talking about." And then I looked to the left and I saw our prophet's masjid. And for a kid who grew up Muslim, and you've seen pictures of this all your life, and, and you see that dome, man, that and you're like, dome, "Why? You're like, why, why me? me? You imagine me?" I'm in a place, bro, nobody looked like me. Nobody was from where I'm from. Nobody listened to what I... And he, I used to feel... I said this recently on Instagram. I used to feel like out of place. Yeah. Now I feel chosen. That's right. Alhamdulillah. I feel chosen. Like, I was at Fudget at the Prophet's Masjid. Wallahi, I, I did a survey. I'm looking. And I felt so... I said, I'm the only one that looks like me, that trusts like... Like, just little stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I'm not left out no more. I'm not the outcast chosen bro i facetime everybody i know from the kaaba bro i'm talking about grown men super gangsters just crying yeah joyful for me man yeah yeah like i'm literally calling my brothers like bro like i'm taking you here with me bro bros is like bro you there man and like from where i'm from bro like i ain't graduate college bro none of that stuff like for me man like the being that like that like like you said reading malcolm's book yeah like mecca was like a fantasy to us yeah it's like it it might as well be wakanda right like like nobody from my like like a man like anybody like that loves black panther as much as our families do like imagine you are you one day find yourself in wakanda wakanda and like, you're at T'Challa's that's grave. That's the perfect example. That's <laughs> you know the what I'm perfect saying? example. Dude, it's like, yeah, Bro, my man. group was teasing me. Like, they would call me because I was with people who, like, been a couple times. Right. So they're like, yo, we about to go get some coffee. What you doing? I'm going to the Kaaba. Like, what are you doing? Bro, I'm not doing nothing else 
but going to the co- like yeah, I was yeah, yeah. I think I got the most picked like people always say how many times did you go because I got so many pictures at the Cabo with mm-hmm. different outfits on because mm-hmm. I go when I go I That's live there. you got different drips yeah I, bro, you got day, the, the bro, daily drips I was the first I wore with the, cu- with the, with the bro, pink today. I wore a custom pink go ahead sole. go ahead the, 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 listen first of all I made sure when I bought the material uh, the brother told me he said no one has ever no man has ever I said, perfect. Go ahead. Custom, unique pink thobe. Do it. And yes. I wore it at the Cabo. My shot. It's funny because I, I said pink. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't even know if I saw the pink I or not. The but man, go ahead, I had man. The pink on, you bro. can't still wear that pink to the Cabo, bro. bro. And I felt, I felt like <laughs> you it, wear that pink it, it, to the it wasn't just for me, bro. It was for everybody that's with a right. tattoo on their face. That's right. That's right. It was everybody with it's a for, criminal that's record. That's for Mike it was Tyson. That's for, yeah, man. Yes. And yes, man. yo, bro. I yeah. can't do your interviews. You be making talk me want to cry, talk, man. man. I talk that talk, bro. Man. I gotta get away from you, man. But, 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 yeah. The the, the, the guards the guards choked me the last time I went because I was there with my daughters, and it was the thirtieth anniversary of me being Muslim. I'm that. And so we went to like uh, not the the, the Rado was a different thing, but we just did the ziyara where you walk by, and I got close, and I was just like. I just started, I was like, Messenger of Allah, I was like, what? You know, I'm sitting there and I'm like weeping. And they're like, go ahead, Haji, Haji, Haji. They're trying to move me around. Oh, they along. get aggressive, don't they? And after a while, I, I just became aware of like a little Saudi man arm around my neck. And I was like, is this guy trying to choke me? <laughs> no, that's funny. They tried to break my, I, they were trying to help me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like they just give me a little, you know, alhamdulillah, you know, what we do for a living gives us special treatment even in Mecca. Yeah. So long story short, the guards recognized me. They helping me out ah. to get me. The, go, like the touch, the uh, the uh, the kiss, the uh, yes, uh, the cover, the cover. So they're literally bringing me through. Wow! Crowd, bro. Uh. But the guy's bringing me through. He's about to rip my arm out of the side. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm feeling bad because people are like, you know, people are trying to get up there and they're like moving. And I'm like, I'm literally like, and they're like, sorry. who is this dude? Yeah, I'm like, sorry, sorry. sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but but when I got there, the emotion, bro. It was the first time in my life. You know, as a black man, we take so much pride in being tough and strong. Mm. I was crying profusely, mm-hmm. and I didn't know why. Mm. And I couldn't stop. Like, bro, I'm literally, like, I'm trying to stop crying so I can make a video. And I couldn't, like, it's, like it looked like somebody was pouring cups of water down. Yeah. Like, yeah. and it was just, and I just, like, even when I think about it now, just thinking about, like, like I said, like, I used to really feel like, you know, like, yo, like, I'm not Muslim enough, or I'm not this enough. And that was like confirmation. Like God was just like, "Yo, keep going, man." Like That's right. I was there by myself. Like none of my friends was there. It wasn't the gang. It wasn't my lady. It wasn't my kids. It was just me. And, and and one of the things that stood out, you know, I had a great teacher there from. He was from Mali. Some of the most beautiful people come from there. And the brother said, "You'll know if your umrah got accepted if your prayers are answered." Mm. And when he said that to me, bro, I was scared to death because I said, "Damn, what if the line isn't accepted?" Mm. And wallahi, I, I was watching things I prayed for, like, one by one. Allah was just revealing, like, you got that. Like, I want a bottle of water. I was like, you got that. And yeah. I wanted this microphone. It's like, you got I was like, what? The, the miracles of our faith was being revealed to me, like, yeah. never before. Yeah. And that trip, I can't, I still can't explain it. Like, it was just, I remember calling, I called Kevin Gates, and, like, before, he answered the phone. He was like, I told you. He went before me. He's like, I told you, you over there crying, ain't you? I said, bro, I've been balling for two days. <laughs> he didn't even give me a chance to say hi. He was like, I told you. I said, bro, I've been crying for two days. I don't even know what's wrong. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even make a video. I wanted yeah. to make my cool ass the top. I come at the top. Right, 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 right. Wasn't He's happening, like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wasn't oh, no 
12 big nah, octopus. Nah, man, talk, you got bro. no cool. Bro, I was You're not that. cool. Ain't no at cool. All, nobody bro. cool at the Kaaba. Nobody, man. But um, Allahu Akbar, man. May Allah, if you're listening to this and you're Muslim and you haven't been, may Allah invite you and your family. Oh, man. This is just, it's so man. much easier to go now than it was even five years ago. You know what it is, though? I feel like it's more realistic now because people are because of social media too people are seeing people right. that look like me right because when I was 17 you didn't like I said it was a fantasy yeah We talk every week on this show about therapy because of the fact that this podcast is really about us exploring what's going on inside of us and being able to understand it. And part of the way we do that is by sharing it with others. And so being in community is really important. Having really sincere, deep, lifelong friendships is a really important part of that. But then also having space and an opportunity to sit with someone who's just there to talk to us about our own internal narratives and the things that have happened uh, in our lives and the meaning that we've made, the, the things that we've told ourselves about what's happened in our lives. All of this stuff is a big part of who we are and who we understand ourselves to be and how we're able to access our own selves. Like therapy is about my relationship with myself. And so like, why do I need somebody else in that? Because like all relationships, I can't see it all. I'm first person in these things that are happening. I can't see it the way that somebody else can see it, but I deserve to have that vantage point. I deserve to have that information. And so talking to a licensed trained therapist who's just there to serve me and help me see myself and my life in ways that I can't because I'm the one living it. So they ask questions and they help frame things and, and bring up additional considerations that we're not going to get to on our own. A lot of times the people that we have to convince to go to therapy or try to encourage, like, dude, if you haven't tried therapy, you should try it. You really have nothing to lose but the mystery around certain things in our lives to just know, well, like, what would a therapist say about this? And a really great way to do that is better help. And I was, you know, living outside of America, don't have a job, don't have health insurance, all this kind of stuff. I heard about better help on a podcast and I figured, you know what, I'm just going to try it out because maybe it will work. Maybe it's some BS that everybody's advertising, but maybe there's something to it. So I tried it out. You go to betterhelp.com. If you're hearing this, you go to betterhelp.com slash travelers. You get a discount on your first month. And then we also get a commission for helping make the, the connection to help support the work that we do here. And then you go and start answering questions about, well, what is it that you specifically need? What are areas where you might benefit from talking to a therapist then you start talking about, well, is there a particular type of therapy that you think might be helpful? And if there's not, then you just say that. Is there a certain type of therapist you want to talk to? Do you want to talk to a woman? Do you want to talk to somebody who comes from your spiritual or ethnic or, or sexual orientation? Uh, is there a particular, you know, all of those things. Is there an age group you want to talk to? 
all those things are things you have access to. And then they help you connect with a therapist that seems like a good fit. And then you go in their calendar and you schedule your time. You decide, uh, I just want to text. Do I want to do phone calls? Do I want to see each other on the screen? You decide all of that. And then as soon as you feel like it's a connection, then you, you rock with it. If it's not a connection, then you just switch therapists with no hard feelings, no questions asked, no special cost involved with that. You're in the driver's seat. And if you're feeling like, well, I, I tried this, you know, I would say give it three months. Give it a solid three months. You know what I'm saying? I would say give it six months or a year. But if you give it three months and you really have dedicated to it and it seems like it's not for you, then that's fine. But I've never met anybody that that's the case. Everyone that I've known that has really given therapy a shot is like, dude, I wish I would have done this earlier, but I'm so happy I'm on this journey now. So BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash travelers gives you the opportunity to check it out and see what's there for you in terms of understanding ourselves better. The, the brother Amir Suleiman, I was at a low point, Dean-wise. And, and I told him. I love him. I just I, see man, him in Atlanta. Oh, man. I Yo, love that guy I so much. I love him, man. I love him. So, yeah, I love man. him, man. Amir is a special, I just special seen him. person. I just, I just seen him at um, um, Jumu'ah in Atlanta. And then I also met one of his uh, children as well. She was like, my dad. I said, I love your dad. He's a oh, great so man. May Allah provide for him always oh, and protect him. He's a great, 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 great brother, man. And he, I think he's the greatest living poet. I agree. And his, um, his recordings are dope. But I'm saying, like we were talking before we came on, like Grandmaster Kaz is the illest. And the, like a lot of our heroes say that. It, at that time, it was Grandmaster Kaz, Kumo D, Melly Mel. Kumo D didn't get to record really in his prime. Mm-hmm. So by the time he started recording, he wasn't in his prime. So you, you, but you got to listen to old tapes to know that he's the illest. And then Melly Mel did record in his prime with a good situation. And so you got all those amazing things. He was like a star. He was more like the star. Yeah. And he was connect. He had a situation like yeah, he was squad. connected yep. to, yep. you know what I'm saying? Sugar Hill Records and, and right. Grandmaster Flash. Right. And like, but whereas like Kaz was like everybody the hood knows that he's the guy. He's the one. You know what I mean? No disrespect to either one of them. I like both of them. I would cut their grass. I would fly to wherever Let's they live just to it. just to shine their shoes That's and carry right. their bags. That's right. And I'd be right next to you. But Grandmaster Cass is like, but there's not a recording of it. The, you know what I'm saying? Mm. There's no recording that you can point to unless you go to his freestyle tapes. You know what I'm saying? But you can't go to like what's the thing on Spotify that shows you Grandmaster. Mm. There's not that. It's not there. And Amir is like that. Where Amir just made this dope album with Robert Glasper, and it's ill. You will be someone's ancestor. Act accordingly. It's ill. But, like, there's nothing. Like, if you're in a room when Amir Suleiman just goes, <sighs> and then starts doing his thing. Like, it's funny because Chappelle is always like, oh, Amir's about to change the weather. He says Amir's going to change the weather. You know what I'm saying? He, and he does. He has an aura where, like, when I seen him in front of the match, yeah, we were kind of rushing because it was time to pray. And just like that couple seconds, like hugging him and just like the words he shares. He he, he had took one of my lines I said in the song mm. and he posted it. He quoted it. Mm. He has no idea. I'm saying this publicly for the first time. He has no idea what that meant to me. As a Muslim, as an artist, as somebody who reveres him. I love him as a man. The brother, man, with his poetry and just 
his just presence. Like, you know, like he's one of them dudes. He's like, got the he's same like, thing he, going every time I yeah, see him. Yeah. He's always got his he's black He's like dick, a Sahabi. You know? he, he's, he's like, just a like man, he's the closest brother, that I've man. been around. And I'm like, that man, I, I believe that he's the type of man that fought at the Battle of Badr. He's just like a man's man. He's yeah. A Muslim man. Yeah. He's just, and there's all these corny, Muslim, I'm sorry, it's corny to me that people are all about Andrew Tate and that type of like standing up for man. Because that ain't it. Like what you did on that, what you did when you spoke about what you spoke about right. is like your your anger is directed directly at men who harm women mm-hmm. and nobody else. That's right. And it's it has the potential to be deadly. That's right. That's where the anger is directed. That's right. Everything else is like, and your ultimate respect for, for women, right. your care for them, right. your like whatever the situation dictates. Right. That's that's manhood. Also your ability to to sit with your own um uh regrets regrets right. and your own like need to grow right. and your right. own and your own emotions and your own you know why like, this important. is the full spectrum you know why of that's manhood. important for me and i want to mm. say this on this mm, camera mm, too mm, mm, mm. i was raised and taught to hurt that god right but that's not the islamic way and then the people who came to like his defense and some of these people were brothers i loved and like i'm looking at my phone like you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and, and, and I stand on everything I said, like, cause one thing for sure, two things for certain, you know, this is a mindset I go into every mm-hmm. day I wake up. Mm-hmm. We always at war. I'm black, I'm Muslim, mm-hmm. I'm in America. I wake up, I'm at war. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, a, I'm in a public eye. So when I walk out my door, people know me, I don't know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always at war and I'm built for this war. Mm-hmm. And if the, and for the people that are listening that are still out here harming and disrespecting our women, I'm coming for you. We coming for you. We will humiliate you. I pray that Allah humiliates all of you cowards because we live in a time where the women and children don't feel safe. But rats and traitors and sexual abusers, and they all can hide under the fold of Islam off the fact that, oh, we're not supposed to pull anything out. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to keep them private. So meanwhile, the sister's being beat by her husband. Mm-hmm. And this sister's being sexually harassed by this teacher who's supposed to be teaching her about the religion. No, nah, it's not going down like that. My, it's not going my, down like my that. My third weekend as a Muslim. So, like, I, I went to the masjid. So, I, I read the autobiography and was hearing, like, the five percenters and all this stuff in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And I just, like I said, I was just going to make my own Islam. So, it was like a, <laughs> it was like a, a mixture of all this stuff. Yeah. So, I was like, well, you know, there's no God but Allah. The Prophet Muhammad is a messenger of Allah. And the white man was created on an island. And the sons was I was like, all this different yeah, stuff. stuff yeah. And my mother was like... There's no way that what you're saying is a world religion. There's no way. Like right. there's no way a billion people believe what you're saying right, right now. Right. And so we did we lived in North Minneapolis, which is like mostly black neighborhood, and she went by this little house that had a sign in it and it had a phone number and she called and that was Imam Muhammad's son-in-law. Wow. And she called and she was like, My son thinks he's a Muslim. He's crazy. He's da 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 da. And and the Imam, it was Imam Matthew Ramadan. And he said, Bring us to bring him to us. So my mom knew. So she drove by one day and she was like, what does that sign say? She didn't tell me that she called. Just like a mom. And I was like, <laughs> you I was up. like, masjid. I didn't even know what masjid was. And she was like, what it was. She was like, I think, are there Muslims in there? And I was like, yeah, I think so. She's like, would you ever want to go there? And I was like, yeah. I thought it was my idea. My mother had been dead 10 years before Imam Ramadan told me that story. It was like, your mother so called me and ne- I t- so I never knew. Wow. While she was alive, you never no. knew. She drove me by there, and 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 then I ended up going. Bro, that's such a mom move, Dude. though. Like my mom would pull something. Like so that. like so the I became Muslim. I, I went there one time, 
And I just was there. The next, I think maybe the next week or whatever, I became Muslim. This was like the Sunday Ta'alim joint. Mm-hmm. So then the third week, the brothers were hanging out afterwards. And I was like, okay, cool. And so they were like, yeah, uh, brother so-and-so, um, his sister came to the masjid and said that, uh, that he hit her. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going we're gonna go talk to him. And I was like, okay, what? I'm 15 years old. I'm like, all right, what kind of, th- what kind of mission is this? We went to this guy's house, and some of the brothers want some like, Aki, we need to speak with you respectfully about da 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 da. But then there are other guys there that had a different energy. Slave one another. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, so like we go to knock on the door, and one of the brothers said, on the door, and the other brother said, cop knock. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So the brother come out, and one of the brothers was like, Salam alaikum, Aki. And, and, but the, the other homie like grabbed him and said, We heard you like violence at home, so we came to give you some. And like we're standing at the top of these steps. He lived in like a duplex and he was upstairs. And so the other brothers like restrained the brother that was, had the like I, mega I like energy. Yeah, I know. We, we had that. And that's why your first video, I'm like, I, I know this that. guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. and, so, and so we were like, look, we're like, look, man, uh, the Prophet never hit a woman. Like we don't hit women. Like that's not what we do. The, so then the cooler head prevailed and was like, we understand anger. We understand that people, we understand it's not easy. It may be that she spoke to you in a certain way. You've got to learn to control your anger and there are other ways to deal with this That's stuff. Right. And so he was offering them all this other stuff. And then the, the brother that was cool was like, because if you don't, he's going to handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. right. I can't keep him calm. I'm I'm, I'm going to walk away with him today, but tomorrow he might stay. And they they did like an anger management thing. And I don't know if the guy ever hit his wife again. I I don't know whatever happened after that. But like that was my introduction to what Muslims were. And men. You know what I'm saying? Men. Muslim men of honor. Yes. And this idea that like this, this binary that there's like toxic masculinity like either masculinity is toxic or I'm the king in my house and I would die for her so she's got to do all these things Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those speaks to, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like prophetic, what a prophetic man is. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That like we're, 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 you know, we're loving and we're nurturing and Absolutely. we're caring and, and and we look at women as our teachers we look at women as our as our partners we look at women as our daughters we look at everything. women as their own universe I look, I, I, look, I look at my woman as my everything everything like I would be completely lost in this dunya without my woman yeah everything I do and everything dude, and, I do and, 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 and when when I was telling you like man the most the, the, the craziest time that I'm that I'm the, the biggest embarrassment that I have in my life is that my wife saw me being so drawn to this other that's bro when you said that to me i'm usually you know what we do for a living we talk so i always feel like i got an answer for something when you said what your wife said i had no clue how to come back you know you know how you want to tell your brother something like hey bro hang in there no you good that That one is like like, oh hey bro you ain't good Bro, that's crazy. Yeah, that. But but you, you better figure that out. But you know what's crazy? I'm gonna I'm, I'm pray on this. Yeah, that, yeah. That, I, I'm, I'm making do out for that one. I ain't had no top ism for that one. Like, I, I, there's like no. My, and, my brain went like this, and it, and it stopped and said, "Go yeah, to the next one." But yeah. what I will say is, because my woman does, you know, you know how that women women are, are human. Right. So sometimes it's like, man, you want to go with your bros and da da da. Yeah. But with the level that your wife went and said, I can never. It's like yeah. not, nah. and you can. She's wrong about that. But that feeling she had at that moment, yeah. we understand. Yeah, we understand. You know what I mean. And and the fact that she, the fact that she rocked with me through that, 
And she told she didn't she didn't like this brother the day she met him. She was they like, never wrong, bro. She was like, he, they he never wrong. My wife's from the Bronx. She was Mom like, and he, wife he, he, he's never a little wrong. too slick. Yeah, see? A little too much attention on the presentation. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And my wife's been through a lot before she was mm-hmm. Muslim, before we were together, before mm-hmm. like she's been through a lot. Just she's from been where she from. All the worst yeah, things that can happen to a young from, girl in the right. hood happen to this woman. And sadly to say, it's like for our culture, like those stories are more common. It's right. not it's not normally it's normally that. Yeah. And so the person that you're talking about praying on the people that don't have that mm-hmm. is like he's bringing that into the lives of people yeah, who didn't you know, have some, that. Somebody said to me, one of the people, people are very ignorant. And I don't say that in a mean way, but just ignorant. And like they not, just don't know. They don't know. So one of the questions, two of the questions I would get a lot about the victims were, why didn't they go to police? First of all, let me answer that. A Muslim woman is already very private, mm-hmm. very modest, mm-hmm. even if she makes a mistake because they're human. So if she made a mistake and was intimate with this man, she don't want to go and talk right. about it to no police. And we're also raised that those people are against us from the gate. Mm-hmm. So that's not easy. That's easier right. said than done. Yeah. And another thing people say is, is that they don't got no father or no brothers. And it's crazy, but a lot of the victims I spoke to didn't have brothers and didn't have fathers. So this looks very intentional on how you, right. you, you you're, you're a true predator because they you know, know one, who one, to, one, one, who one, to one, go one, for. One of the sisters, her father is incarcerated, and he, mm. he was one of the uh, comrades of Imam Jamil. Like mm. this guy is a man's man, mm. true mm. warrior, true Muslim warrior. Mm-hmm. And you know, if he would have been home when that happened, he would have he would have went back to jail with no problem to honor his daughter and defend his daughter. Because, and one thing I said about the sisters is, I said to my brothers, to my team, you know, they like to call us a gang. I, for this, for to my gang, I said, treat this like this is your sister, because it is your sister. That's right. And we have to take that into all these situations. We Man. have to stop, you know, like when you're riding past and you see that hijabi at the side of the road talking to a cop, it's obligatory for you to pull over and say, hey, sis, you okay? You good? You okay? Yeah, yeah. just that, that one second. Yeah. You know, do Imam Ramadan. Like, I remember one time we were at a again, I'm 15 years old. We were all at this like gathering and it was over, and we were just kind of sitting around. And he maybe went to make wudu or something. And one of the sisters was like, All right, I'm out. Salam alaikum. And we're like, Wa alaikum salam. He came back. Where's Najla? I said, Oh, she left. Okay, who walked her to the car? And I was like, He was like, Oh, uh, you're cleaning up. After this, you're, you're you're cleaning up after the event, and then and then the next time I was there, he taught me how to walk a sister to her car in a way that Pure honor. that I'm not Pure hollering honor. at her, I'm not checking her out, I'm Making not so and so, but it's just letting her know that there's a brother there and letting anybody else know there's a brother here. And more importantly, and he told the me next he was and he, he, and he said and you walked her. Yes. Oh yeah. And I I, bet I, you oh did. yeah. Oh yeah. I know it. And he, and he told me specifically, this is how you position your body so you don't try to look at her backside when she sits down in the car. It's not your business. That's not what this is. This mm-hmm. isn't this isn't you being. This is not a new finesse technique on your part. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a this is, this has nothing to do with you getting points. This has but nothing to do with you getting. But that's though, because think about it. You, you was 15. Yeah. You are way older now, and you. Rem- I bet you you think of him. His words. Never forget it. Right. Yeah. I I remember like I remember three times in my life that meant. Hmm. I remember three times in my life that meant. Said, but I'm proud of you. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget it. Man, you break it down. He said that three times to me in in, in 30 years. But I I never I will never forget that. 
You know what I'm saying? Nah, bro. Then he was like, "You say so many things that make my brain." <laughs> yeah, he he. One time, uh, I I used to dig give the khutbah, and uh, when I was like 17, and he was like, "Where all the all the imams are gonna be out of town at this thing?" So he's like, "So you're up." And I was like, man, thank you for thinking I'm good enough to do this. He's like, I don't think you are, but I think you could be, but that's up to you. That's a leader, man. I love him already. I love him. He said, I don't think you are. He was like, oh, I don't think you are, but I think you could be. Subhanallah. And it means something that you're, you're, you're the best one up to bat. It's, this is just by circumstance, but I think you could be that because you are next in line for that. So like you could be. But that gives you the lesson in that. It humbled you right away. Yeah. But it also made you shoot for the stars, yep. too. Like, look at the beauty in that statement. Yeah. Like, and that's what I meant about sitting under the elders. Mm-hmm. You're a grown man, successful now, and you're still going back to those lessons, whether it's walking to the car, yeah. whether it's giving a cup, whatever. And, yeah. then, and then you saying that to your children, your friend, even me. Like, I walk away learning from that. I'll never forget, man. A brother said to me about four years, three years ago, we were on FaceTime, and he put me on the phone with his dad. Brother from Sudan, and he said, he said, "Oh, you the you the you the big uh, you the big uh, you the top uh. Like he complimented me, you know. I'm smiling, humbly laughing, like. And then he got like serious, and he was like, "But are you ready for that?" And at that moment, I didn't understand it. Well, lahi, I said, I'm, I'm, "I'm ready. I'm the biggest. I'm the top." And months, months later, I went through something in real life, and mm. it was going on. And I'll never forget my lady. She was like. Like, well, you know, you you supposed to be the you know the top guy. Like, what we we gonna do? Not not feeling very topish. Not feeling very topish. <laughs> and I thought back to the elder saying to me, "Are you ready for that? Are you ready for that?" And I wasn't. I wasn't. I was too emotional at the time to be a true leader. Like, I mm-hmm. still wanted to like handle things with violence. Mm-hmm. It's not leadership. Mm-hmm. It's not leader. Leadership is telling a fifteen year old what that brother told you, what, what Imam told you, Imam Ramadan told you, saying. Nah, man, I don't think you're good enough, but I think you could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. it's like just like that truthfulness. So then, when he comes back and he said, "Hey, I'm proud of you, man." Oh, I know what that meant to you. It's just like cause that's, that real. That's, that's real. That's real. Because he doesn't real. say things he like don't that. Say it, and you know he don't just say it. So when he said it, what it meant to you? Like that's something I always wanted from my father, man. Like. When people would like, I met this guy one day and he was telling me how proud my dad was. And I was just like, it, it didn't feel real because mm. I always wanted to hear that from him. Man. I wanted him to tell me like the Yo, things you hear from there's everybody a scene else, in, There's a scene in The Sopranos. Where, my show. That's my show Where, where uh, AJ breaks the dish and he's like, you want me to get a vasectomy and this is my male heir? And he feels oh bad. <laughs> so he gets a pizza and he comes and he goes, I couldn't ask for a better son, AJ. And I mean that. Yo, I cry when I sound the that's all I ever wanted. Like how come? Like we, like how come I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like man, Tony Soprano said this to AJ. Tony Soprano, this idiot. Like, like, do you, like nah, man, listen, I used to be, bro, like not to sound cocky because we Muslims, but like I always been the man. Like kindergarten, yeah. I was the guy. I believe you. Like, you know, when we had an auditorium, like I got kindergarten videos where like Tony's <laughs> the next Will Smith. Like they've been putting this on me since I, Yes. So humbly lab, but yeah. I w- I was the kid who would hit the game winning shot and uh-huh. my dad ain't there. Uh-huh. The only one, like everybody dad there, like the bench warmer's dad. I'm like, why they yeah. there? They only get the game. Yeah. And even like as I grew like with the music and being in the newspapers and stuff like that. And my mother is the proudest. Like, you could forget about uh, it. But for my pop, it was like, yo, I just want him to know, like, I'm really him now. I'm the man. Dude. And he finally, like, he finally, like, acknowledged it in his way. Mm-hmm. And a lot like how the E-man was so stern with you, 
my pop's not going to overdo it, but it was a point where he, he, in his own way, he was just like, my boy's the man. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he got a chance to kind of see my operation and see, like, me in charge and me sending, you know, guys that he knows as generals as well that are under me now. And I'm like, yo, go get them. And Pop is like watching, like, shit. Yeah. My boy got this thing. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. And that meant so much. And he didn't have to verbalize and say it. Yeah. But just seeing his face and, like, you know what I mean? Like, little stuff, like, where he, he might have wanted something. I'm like, man, sit down. Hey, yo. Uh, uh, uh. Right. And he like, oh. Okay, like know? a hot. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Pop's like, God. My man. Right. And, <laughs> and, people, and people that he revered, seeing how they spoke to me was yeah. like, yeah, pop. Like this is how it go, you know. So that was important to me. So when you say like, like to hear you say, man, I remember the three times he told me he was proud. Three. Subhanallah. One of them was <laughs> one of them was in front of people when I I was I I had a group of like people at my house and we were studying something and I was and actually what he said to me is like, man, it, he gave me a really high compliment in front of people. Subhanallah. And then he stopped coming to the gatherings, but he said, "I, I was like, I, I was like, you know, Imam Ramadan, do you can you you have anything you want to say? Add, correct, you know what I mean? I'm like, cause cause you know I'm your student." He said, "Man, I feel like that teacher where the student passed the teacher." And then he stopped coming, and I asked him later. I was like, "Were you upset?" And he was like, "No, you don't need me there. I don't need." Yeah, that's beautiful. I found out, man. My so my dad. That's beautiful. My dad died of suicide. Mm. So did his dad. That's how the men in my family have died. So when he died, and he died in uh, Allentown, PA. Your father and grandfather? Yeah. Yeah. Subhanallah. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was on tour when he died. And I came back, and they live in Allentown. And you know there's like a Muslim community in Allentown, yes, PA now, but it wasn't that back then. So I went there, and his wife, and, and like they had, he had like stepkids. First, we were like going places, and I didn't really know them like that, but we would go places, and these little kids would be like, oh, that guy that works in that place where they, the oil change place, he knows your music. And I was like, oh. And then we went somewhere else, and they're like, yeah, the people in there know your music. And I was like, how do y'all know that? He said, your dad, every anytime he saw young people that seemed like they would know hip-hop, would be like, hey, do you guys listen to hip-hop? Do you, anybody in here know who Brother Ali is? And if they said, yeah, he'd be like, that's my son. And then she found on his computer, he had like a whole thing where he was like, he had every interview I ever did. You know what I'm saying? And you saying? never knew this? Never knew. Never knew. Damn. And there was this, uh, there was like a family that, that came from uh, Jersey. Like a, this like black mom and her son came from Jersey. Mm-hmm. And they moved to PA trying to get, a, get out of the hood or whatever. And they used to say, like, I, and I had kind of heard about this, but they would say that, like, he unofficially adopted this, like, black son. And then, he, like, the black woman, his mother, was like, yeah, she's like, I don't know how this makes sense, but he always said that this was like he was trying to do better than he did with you. Because mm. we, had, we, had like we had a rift over the fact that, like, so some of the world sees me as black, including black families that were like helping me, including and loving me. me. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always thought that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The, uh, like elders and homies and women and like every like so a bunch of people were just like treating me that way. And so when I but when I was with my white family, I beefed with them, and it wasn't not intentionally, but things would happen, and I'd be like, black people couldn't have done this. 
Just saying things like that. You know what I mean? Right. We pull over in a, at late at night because we run out of gas and like somebody helps us and da 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 da. I would just be like, if we're black, we couldn't do this. You know, we just have to sleep in the car till morning or something. Real you know rat. what I mean? Real and so, and they like they would hate me for saying things like that. So it was like tension in the family, and they felt like I like you didn't abandon them. them. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad, and I had no clue this was even happening. Like we were in contact, and I would see him and stuff, but he never told me. Like, oh yeah, there's Meanwhile, this. Meanwhile, like, he was so proud, low key, and trying to repair. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But so Do so like with you being the leader that you are and being the right. man that you are <clears throat> and taking the stands that you take and, and representing how and who you represent. That's right. But then also being open in the way you are. Like not only is it leadership, but it's a it's a type of leadership that we weren't necessarily shown. Right, man. That's that's one of the reasons why I I, I want to start talking more about mental health. Yeah. Because we need people, you know, like for what I represent, mm-hmm. certain things that if I don't talk about it, they won't see nobody talk about it. Right. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought mental health was some bullshit. I was like, oh, people using excuses. And then about two and a half years ago, I went through this dark space in my life where I couldn't explain why I felt the way I felt. Mm-hmm. I, I was so down. I couldn't even front on Instagram. Like, I couldn't pick up my phone and pretend like I was okay. Yeah. I felt physically and emotionally and spiritually sick, but it wasn't nothing. Like, I, the doctor would say, you're fine. Mm-hmm. And now when I look back now from a distance, I'm like, yo, that was mental health. I was struggling with something right. and I was depression. With depression. Trauma. Trauma. And, and and also just, you know, like when you at the level I'm at, I'm gonna be frank with you, like a lot of these dudes know they can't F with me on no street stuff or they can't come hurt me because mm-hmm. we would destroy them. Mm-hmm. So that's when black magic and the evil eye becomes so real because people yeah. are just jealous and praying against you every day. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, I don't know for a fact. I'm not that religiously advanced to know, but I truly felt like, you know, being around people who just envy you and people that you love mm-hmm. who just, you know, like you can't be around people that want to be Brother Ali. Mm-hmm. I can't be around people that want to be Tone Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, we need people that's going to support us and we can support them. And like I got a brother named Ubey who one of the dopest things about our relationship is he don't rap, he don't want to rap. So it's like our lanes, so mm-hmm. we in L.A. navigating Everything he's doing is to enhance MDF and Tone Trump, mm-hmm. and then and it enhances him in the meantime. Mm-hmm. But he's not trying to like get a picture with the celebrity we ran into at Maestro's. He's he's taking a picture for me because he knows it's good for our brand. Right. But he doesn't take the pic and say, "Hey, bro, get me one too." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's yeah, a guy yeah. who like, and I had so many of those. Hey, get me one too, guys yeah. around. And the they producer, don't even the, mean this no harm. podcast is like that. Yeah, B, my man, my man BK is like that. Yeah, no, yeah, kind of yeah, like never good. wanted to be in the front. There you go, and that's he, rare. He started as my DJ, and from day one, he's like, we, "We're gonna make the world see how dope you are." Dope. That's his. That's your his true whole, brother. You're yeah, true. and that's how I got may, may Allah reward this brother because it's like man. I had a lot of dope brothers around me, and they don't mean no harm. That doesn't mm. mean they're bad people. Right, right. It's just that they need to be chasing their dream over here because you're taken from and you're not adding to. Where I got this brother who. Everything about him, yeah. and he does so much for me. It makes me want to elevate him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like yo, I gotta right. make sure this brother's good. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my show. That's, that's, that's why we're always doing shout outs. Show you the same yo, way. Shout to so and so. Shout to so and so. Because it's just like man, people need to know. Like you see me, but like especially, just like you see the branches of the tree, but there's roots right. that are that are that's holding right. it all up. That's right. Especially yeah. with my movement, like people give me so much credit, and mm-hmm. humbly glad I appreciate it. But like, just know that this tone Trump and this MDF machine. I'm nothing without my woman, my children, mm. my brothers, my true sahabas. Like, you know, my nine-year-old son does so much for my brand, Aleem. Like, 
whether it's taking pics from me, taking a video from me, helping me with captions, mm. you know, helping me pick beats. You know, mm. I'll, I'll be listening to a beat and I'm loving the beat, and he'll be like, "You like that beat?" And him <laughs> saying that make me be like, so then I'm like, "Why you don't like it?" And he like, "No, nah, I like the other one better." And guess what? I put the other one back on and I write to that. Uh, so my son's in the, he's, he's an EP for for our brand, and mm-hmm. you know, having that sense of family and brotherhood and mm-hmm. sisterhood. There's so many sisters who pray for me and uplift me and support me, and I'm nothing without them by the permission of the law. So I don't front like I'm just this, you know, of course I call myself the top oct. That's a persona I take on, but I call other people the top oct too because like you, your vulnerability in this in this interview, bro, I learned so much, man. I did an interview the other day and I told somebody, I was like, man, I was about to cry. And somebody in the comments was like, you'll cry, bro. Right. You know what I mean? Like in yeah. hearing that, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And, that, and that's going to take some time because where I come from. Sure. But, but, but hearing that felt good. You know what I mean? Like, nah, man, cry, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you said the story about the uh, about your your mentor just telling you three times, like, yeah, I'll be thinking about that next week. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and, and there's lessons in it because the reminder benefits the believer. I tell my children so much. I love them and I'm proud of them, bro. Mm-hmm. They might not even know what it mean yet, mm-hmm. but that's a sign because it wasn't it wasn't being told to me. Right. So it's like I overdo that. You know what I mean? And 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 my wife comes from a different background. Her family wasn't really like into like the you know it's like mushiness or like I love you, I love you, I love. You. Where my mother was just she overdid it because mm. my father was so she oh, yeah, I'm yeah. so proud of you. You the best and you she made me believe it. So that's like why Kanye's like, mom. Exactly. Like Donda West mom. Exactly. Yeah. Like Free would tell you, like Freeway's one of my OGs. Like Freeway's from my neighborhood and he's older than me and he made it first. So he's somebody I always look to. But we the total opposite. You know mm. that. You know what I mean? Like Free mm. I, I one of our VJs here who's a legend on the radio named Q D Z, uh Freeway just got honored for his twentieth anniversary mm-hmm. of his classic first album, which I believe is the greatest album to come out of Philadelphia, the home of the spitters, Philadelphia Freeway. Shout out to my brother, the Gold Freeway. But the guy said, Q D Z said, I don't think I've ever seen Freeway raised his voice. Not off the mic. Yeah. And I He's thought about it too. And I was just like, I was like, and I've been literally known him since he was a kid. I'm like, uh-huh. yo, I've never seen him raise his voice either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just that, you know, just being around you brothers, different brothers, like I take the good. Yeah. And 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 to compliment you, bro, like the way you you so vulnerable and like and that's what I loved about when I was doing my homework on your podcast. It just it, like it was times where we were talking where it didn't feel like an interview. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. felt like I was just talking to my eye. Well, part of part of it is like we have this bond that like we just we just happen to and have mics, and it's, know, and it's, and prob- it's crazy. It's like, probably good for people to see that, especially people in the community, because I don't see how dope is it going to be too though when they see the scene where I didn't know you were white. Like I literally, uh, and not only to take it even a step further, I was sitting here thinking like, damn, so like. All my albino homies growing up, man, maybe they weren't black either. <laughs> I got to call some niggas up. Like, hey, bro, you black. <laughs> like, you're on the record 37 times for saying the N-word. Yeah. Like, we, we've been talking a lot of shit to each other over the last 25 years. I'm going to see your parents, man. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time you called so-and-so a booty scratcher? Yeah, you like, got to, you, we, 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 I'm, I'm we, offended. We got to check your now. file now. Yeah, I'm offended now. <laughs> but, 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 but I was educated. Humdulillah, I was educated mm. and um. Just being in this space I'm in, man. Yeah. And one thing to your audience, to my audience, because both our audience going to see this, and to yeah. people who never knew who I was, just be mindful that, you know, we all still learning. Yeah. Mashallah. Man, I, I, got, I got a million other things I wanted to talk nah, to you man, and ask I you know. about. But we, we, we got to do a part man, two. Yeah. This this, we, we got to kick it. We should just like, do a whole off. joint together. Yeah, we we should. do a whole podcast together. We should. We should. <laughs> and it's like, because I, I so was also thinking, I like, 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 Ali means high. You know what I'm saying? And Ak means brother. 
So I'm like, <laughs> like, like Brother Ali and the Top Ock, like they, they mean something very similar to each other. We got, we, we, we got to sit down and talk yeah. because you just like, bro, like, you know, you in the same business as me. We do a million interviews, but like, I got to chill so many times. Yeah, I fought back tears. Like, y'all pray for me because I haven't become comfortable enough with my emotions where I would even dare shed a tear on camera. Literally, bro, when me and you was talking to this, like about three different times, I'm like, like they gonna see it. Like I'm literally like, oh shit, he got to make Don't me. you and do it? And seeing you be that vulnerable, man, I, I respect it, bro. I honor it, and I learn from it because that's a power in it, man. Like hearing you talk about your mentor and you know what your wife said, and that's a vulnerability that I have to learn because people, like when you say I'm a leader, one thing I never call myself a leader. You know, like if the people call me that, alhamdulillah, and, and I'm embracing it now because you can't deny what's right in front of you. Yeah. People are coming up to me, saying things to me, DMing me things. And, you know, I was just in L.A. and Crenshaw and the brothers, you know, I know they come from what I come from. Right. And I'm feeling so yeah. prideful to see the levels I'm reaching because, like yes. you said, it's, yeah. no, it's nobody for us to go to because it wasn't nobody that was like doing the type of music I was doing and and forget music, what I was doing in real life, mm-hmm. and then transitioning and being somebody that every city I go to, I visit the man's shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I speak there, and I, I just did a tour in Canada. I did a lecture tour, bro. The same kid who didn't feel he belonged in the man's shit right. is now in the, the oldest man's shit in North America with a thousand people listening to every word. Yeah. And I don't go in there like I'm some imam. You know, my journey is my journey. Right. And you don't have to be Muslim to relate or resonate because right. it didn't start off like I wasn't the kid who was studying under the shake. No, I was the kid who was carrying guns to school. I was the kid who had crack in my locker. Mm-hmm. I was the kid who was who still has tattoos on his face, who still gets tatted. So for those kids, they need somebody too. That's right. And I promise you, I'm never going to let them down. And, and, and the morals that I have from the streets and the things I learned in the music business and all these things I bring with me, man, like I can only be me. You know, I will never stand with a rat. You know, I will never be quiet about a person abusing women. Just know that I'm going to live and die as a man. That's right. I will not betray my brothers. I will not ever rat. If I did it, I will do the time. And and, and I wake up every day trying to be better. I fear and love my Lord. I love his creation. No one loves the Muslims more than me. Mm -hmm. Even in my mistakes, I love you all. Even the ones who talk about my tattoos and me still doing music. I love y'all too because Allah wants me to love y'all and I'm I have to stand before Allah not the imam not the poet not the rapper not the producer not the I community have to, not the community I would have to stand before Allah subhanahu to Allah and when that day comes I pray that he doesn't take me until he's pleased with me Amen Ya Thank you for Appreciate you me, We'll do it again Bro, love you, classic, man. bro. Yeah. I love you more, man. Yes, May the law increase you in good. Amen. Bless you, your platform, Amen. your family, Amen. and man, the love and the honor is true. Amen. Like I said, bro, this means a lot to me, and this was a great convo, man. Yes, sir. Love. Yes, sir. Classic, bro. Yes, bro you can't have me crying on camera. <laughs> Shut up, man. Special thanks to my dear friend and my brother, Tone Trump, for being so gracious and generous with his time and for just being so real. What I really come away with is like, I believe this to be a person who is sincere. That's what I see in him. And that's that's my experience of him. And when that's the bond between people, 
I don't have to co-sign every single thing that he says or does or the way that he sees things, and he doesn't have to co-sign everything that I say or do or the way that I see things. Another part that you might have heard in this conversation is that there are different approaches to and expressions of Islam, and he and I come from different expressions within Sunni Islam. And so just based on that alone, like we're going to have different experiences and we're going to we're going to say things and understand things in different ways. But when you believe that somebody is coming from a sincere place, that's okay. That's what's most important. And so I come away from this just loving him. Like I love him. And this is how so many of my relationships are. It's like I haven't spent every day with him. You know, he hasn't spent every day with me. He doesn't he doesn't know all of my faults and flaws and inconsistencies and contradictions, and I don't know his. But it's like, man, I believe in where he's coming from. And that's very valuable. And I, I get a lot from witnessing him and from being close to him and from being able to hug him and look in his eyes and talk to him and cry with him and get goosebumps with him and it's, it's a connection that really comes from beyond, and I'm very, very grateful for it. Thank you for being here. Yo, thank you to the people who sponsor this podcast, to the people that are members of the caravan, whether it's at the $5 level, the $25 level, the $100 level, all of them. Y'all are the ones that really keep this thing going, and we're very grateful to you. Go to brotherali.com in the join section, brotherali.com slash join. Get down with the caravan. Be one of those people that makes these conversations happen and possible. Uh, we're grateful to Zakat Foundation. We're grateful for our relationship with BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash travelers. Get you some therapy. We all need it. You know what I'm saying? It's a very real thing. Uh, special shout and thanks. I always thank the people that were there at the beginning of this podcast. Mansour Panawala, Amna Mirza, uh, Last Word, uh, Darian Washington. Those are all the people that were there at the beginning. You know what I'm saying? The people that put something in to help us do this thing when we were just getting on our feet. Also, Ant, who did the music, and also Mark from Medina Hip Hop, who did the logo. All those people have been part of this thing from the very beginning. We're very grateful. And also the people that listen every week, like Imam Khalees Rashad and Shane Atkinson and Rami Neshashibi and Aida Rashid, all the people that listen and that give me feedback on the show, it really means a lot to me, and I really appreciate it. Um, Dan Chisholm, you know what I'm saying? There's so many people that listen and give me feedback, and that feedback really shapes what we do and encourages us and keeps us going. So we're grateful to everybody. Uh, Traveler's Podcast is produced by Brendan Kelly, a.k.a. BK1, and it is a production of Traveler's Media. We love you. We got a dope guest next week if, it's, if we're going to roll with the one that I think we're rolling with. We love you. We appreciate you, and we wish you well. And we say all of that by saying, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.